0: With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What up, Gypsy gang? Sorry, it's been a little bit longer between drinks and we normally run things. We had some very eventful travel. Um, I'm going to go into it on the next episode that we record. Before we go into today's episode with Hellman and Big Wave Surfer, Ryan Hipwood, we have to give a massive shout out to our sponsors. Uh, Firstly, the gang at Boost Mobile for everything that they've done over these last couple episodes, their help's been amazing. Uh, Such a rad team of people that are at Boost Mobile, and it helps that the product's are rad too. I think too, even aside from like you know, every week I kind of read out the features of what they offer as a product, but I'd sort of want everyone to think about what brands like that actually do for the sports that we're into. I mean, a lot of you guys are Supercross fans. They sponsor Chad Reed. They've sponsored Chad for years. Um, You know, they were putting money into teams. You look at V8 Supercars, they're sponsoring cars. So I think that there needs to be an association from the public in a way of the fact that without brands like this that have that core value at heart, like boost mobile do without brands like that, it's really hard to go racing uh, for these teams like a Chad Reed, those kind of guys. It, it sort of takes that corporate sponsorship for them to even be able to do what they do and, and kind of get to the start line. So, I mean, aside from all of the, the great features they have as a brand on the product end, I mean, it's just rad to be associated with a company that, puts in the effort into the things that, that we are into. I'm like you guys in terms of the sports I like, the, the the things I watch, and we're all very similar in that regard, I think. And, you know, whether it's the WSL that they sponsor or, like I said, Chad Reed. So I think it's just important sometimes to take a bit of a step back and, and really think that, you know, these these brands and these companies that are supporting teams and athletes are the reason we get to sit down on a, on a Saturday and a sunday and kind of watch these guys perform at their best so with that being said we'll talk a little bit about some of the product stuff i haven't actually spoken uh, about in these reads so i think the first thing that's that's pretty cool is the data rollover so if you don't use all of your data in the month that will actually roll over so if you do what i've done and got the 50 dollars plan with the 20 gig and you don't use that that automatically rolls over to next month the other thing that I did was I moved my number over from my previous service provider to Boost and they take care of all of that. Basically, yeah, you just get the SIM and then you activate activate it and Boost does all the rest. So that's a really, really cool feature that those guys offer. Now, where do you get the SIM? You can get the SIM online at boost.com.au Or they have over 8,000 retailers like Coles, Woolies, uh, Big W, Kmart, 7-Eleven. I posted a picture to our story the other day of uh, Boost Stand in uh, Servo. So they're everywhere. It's a really easy um, way to do it. And with Boost, there's no lock-in contracts. So more information, you can, again, hit that website or you can give the guys a follow on Instagram. They sponsor a bunch of really rad people, so it's actually a good follow anyway, and that is at Boost Oz. Secondly, we have to give a massive shout out to Steel and his crew at SLD Surfboards. Uh, we're running a comp right now, so you can win your own custom-made board by Steel. Uh, I've got one being made at the moment that I'm absolutely frothing on, but you guys can get one as well. We're going to get a cool Gypsy Tails logo put into it. All you have to do to enter is take a screenshot uh, listening to the podcast and then tag at Gypsy Tales podcast and then tag at SLD surfboards. That's it. We're just going to randomly pick a winner in a couple weeks and you could be shredding on a new board. With that being said, there's only one winner for this comp. And if you need a new board and you don't want to risk waiting and like seeing the draw for the comp and being the one person, you can just straight up buy a board off steel. Um, go to his Instagram page, check out what the kind of stuff that he can shape. Cause he's a wizard. He can do it all. Um, he's got a crazy group of team riders that ride for him, including the one and only Matthew Hoy. So, you know, Hoy ain't riding no shit box boards. So if Hoy trusts steel, then you should trust steel because Hoy can surf better than you. Also, really quickly, I know this has been a really long intro to this podcast. Uh, I'm going to be at the Transmodo eight hour event at Gum Valley in Mackay on the 27th and 28th of May. Uh, We have the crew going down there. It's going to be me, my brother Maddie, Sam Moore, Ives. Who else is going? Jacobs is going. The whole crew is going to go down there. So they still have a bunch of teams available. Come down. It's a sick weekend. Uh, we've spoken about the six hour on the podcast before this is the first time we'll be doing the eight hour but it's the same crew that run the event it's our same crew that goes and does it the screaming eagle may or may not be there i'm not sure i cartwheeled it the other day and she's pretty banged up so i'm not 100 sure if the screaming eagle is going to make it but i will be there and i'm really looking forward to it so if any of you guys uh, have that weekend free make the trip down you will not regret it and i'd love to hang out and have a beer with uh with anyone that listens to the podcast that's for sure so long little ad read but a bunch of cool shit going on so thanks for sticking it out with all that out the way let's uh introduce today's guest for this episode of gypsy tales none other than ryan hipwood ryan is a big wave surfer who competes on the uh, wsl big wave tour uh he's just a all-round rad guy um he's definitely put a lot of thought into what he does for a living, um, over the years. And you can sort of tell that he's really kind of thought about the reasons why he sort of does the things that he does. Um, we spoke a lot about some really cool breathing stuff, which is actually going to lead into another podcast we having, uh, we have coming up. Yeah. We touched on a bunch of stuff on this podcast and, you know, three hours went by really, really quickly. So, I hope everyone enjoys listening to this as much as I enjoyed making it because it was a super, super rad rad chat with a with a great guy. So, without any more nonsense from me, Ryan Hipwood. We're doing it, mate. It's happening. It's been a while coming, really. <laughs> it has, mate. It has. feel like we're old mates from way back. It's <laughs> the yeah. first time we've actually met. <laughs> it's a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah. So, you're getting into the podcast game. I am. I'm going to give
1: it a crack, mate. I, uh the extreme sports world is a, as you know, it's, it's, it's a hustle and, uh, and so I'm just trying to tie a bit more stuff in when I travel and obviously got some pretty interesting friends and they've always got some funny stories to tell. Um, you know, when we go out and get on the pierce, you know, we're always talking some really interesting shit. So, you know, I thought if I can, you know, bring a recorder and
0: get some good equipment and, yeah make it make it something then why not and it's definitely um it's a way like i think that once you get rolling because have you done many of them before like actually sat down or is this your first like proper one i've done podcasts
1: okay, before with yeah. other people yeah. but i haven't i haven't really hosted a podcast so to speak yeah live or like yeah i've done trial podcasts and stuff that have you know gone all right yeah but uh yeah i'm i'm a Bit of a virgin, man. I'm just going to throw myself in the deep end and That's see right. what he'll, happens. You'll be fine. I
0: think you'll find, though, like, it's it's going to be interesting for you because I think you'll find you'll actually... Mates that you've hung out with for years and years and years, like, you'll hear some first-time stuff and you'll get really, like, you'll get closer with your mates. Like, I've found with doing this that... And I guess you, the other thing, too, is, like, you start to be critical of... um yourself as a conversationalist so like i'll listen i mean i've kind of stopped listening to these as much as i did at the start because i was yes. like oh how's it sound and this and then you sort of start doing a bunch of them do we like you yeah, hate your own voice oh it, i kind of got over that because yeah. it's like well <laughs> fuck you can't change yeah, it yeah you can't change <laughs> it <laughs> so you, it's like you're just, stuck with your own voice aren't you <laughs> yeah you but there is some it. good editing you can do yeah. so you can make yourself sound a bit sexier <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just be sick all the time
1: yeah well you're a part of this game all right you that's what you do so you've got you know the editing software. Yeah. I'm screwed. I'm just gonna to have to rely on someone else. To do yeah, they'll sort of nah, take care. <laughs> of you.
0: But yeah, you get like almost critical on yourself, and I think as you go along, you'll stop saying um as much, and you can you actually critique the way that you talk. You're like, oh, was I listening enough? Was I? Because I think that was the the hardest thing for me in the first few is um letting that you don't want silence. Yeah, so exactly. you try and you're almost like. Overcompensating for, yeah. for it. And I, you're jumping in, you're like, oh. but you hadn't finished what you said. So it's like, it's definitely like a learning curve, eh?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, the trial ones that I did do, the hardest thing for me was just to listen. Like I, yeah. I find like it was hard to be on the other spectrum and actually ask the questions, but not talk. Yeah. And just, you know, let the questions roll out and all that, sorry, let the answers roll out. But um, it, it's funny that you said that because I've, I've heard, my friends do podcasts and I learned more about my friends within these podcasts yeah. than what I even knew about them. It was really wild. Like I heard one from Mark Matthews and we're, we're really tight friends and uh, you know, obviously you've gone through a lot of shit together and I learned a lot about deeper stuff about him in a podcast than what I, you know, he's ever told me, you know, I think it's just the Australian way. We don't really yeah, get too true. deep yeah. with our mates you know it, it's pretty rare that you do that but um i feel like with podcasts that's what it's all about you know learning stuff about someone that you just r- didn't really know much about you know much of
0: yeah so. i think too it's it you definitely you know like for example we're a couple minutes in it's just still that it's like a if, yeah I've, you you watch ufc a lot right i do yeah, yeah I it's like it. that first you know you're getting that first little thing there's a couple things being, and you're trying to get that flow yeah and then five you know four and a half minutes into the third <laughs> yeah, round you're deep it. you forget where you are you're just fucking going for it and like yeah. even the last couple that i've done have been because i guess at the start it was like guess, and i know my guess well into uh, for the most part like at the start like harley and and toby they're like really good friends of mine yeah but they're athletes so it's like there's that stuff to talk about people are going to listen to them because they're athletes
2: yeah
1: exactly
0: and the last couple like i just did one with sam moore and i do you know sam moore he um possibly oh he's fucking legend he um he started fist gloves oh right like it's a glove so yeah it's a moto different sort of world to where you're at yeah but um we've been friends i just posted like one of those throwback pictures on facebook of like eight years ago me and him at a national together when we were both like 20 or 21 or whatever and um he's not a name dude he's not an athlete it's just he's a friend of mine right and i i, I said i come away that podcast and i'm like fuck man like i don't know if i was that down to say what i said yeah because, yeah yeah you're deep you're in that three hour mark and you just forgot about everything <laughs> and it's like all that you know all that stuff comes out and the same with yeah. like uh jeff Weatherall. you'd know jeff yeah yeah i do yeah he yeah. come on the other night and um yeah we're just talking weird shit about like weird dreams and you know so you just yeah there's definitely a different thing that happens when you're forced to turn off all your phones and the only sound you can hear is my voice and vice versa so it's just like super zones you into the the conversation i like so, it. it's a pretty
3: weird deal
1: yeah i like it and and to you know obviously look at someone in the eyes and tell them a proper story it's it's something that doesn't happen much nah. you know people get intimidated just whack the phone out you're all good you kind of lost in that little moment so it's sick i reckon get back to campfire shit campfire shit and yeah. what it's all about
0: it, it's funny you say that because like yeah you pick up your phone and it's like that's a barrier it's, it's a like safety. a full it's little a safety safe. i've never thought of it like that
1: yeah people just you know especially you know younger generation you know if if you try to look at them in the eyes it's very hard to get anything out of them dude and there is people whack like just pull the phone out no this is like
0: yeah, yeah. that little invisible thing yeah. there's people too we were talking about it the other day that they struggle to like look you in the eye and there's definitely an awkwardness of of just people in general now and like people that will shake your hand real soft yeah like i'm not a guy that's like fucking try trying to, to be alpha male hand. kind of deal but i think <laughs> i respect like a good firm handshake yeah i have i remember people that have like weak as piss handshakes just oh, yeah. and you're just like and i think it's not they're not weak people i think it's just that awkwardness some people have now there's actually there's actually
1: some places like in hawaii when i first went it was a really gnarly place you know it was really localized and stuff and you know in australia i was i grew up shaking hands quite firm you know it was quite hard i pretty old school sort of old man. He's a bricky, So yeah, he's yeah. kind of like a pretty hard dude. Hands are like at fucking 2001. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, I went to Hawaii as a kid and I thought, oh, you know, like obviously it's a pretty sort of gnarly place back then. It's yeah. like wild west. So, you know, they, they were always going in for the handshake and, uh, and I'd go pretty hard. And I remember this one dude, I won't say his name, but he's a pretty heavy guy and I was only young. And I went in and and kind of went as hard as I could on his (laughs) handshake, and he, uh, mate, he wanted to slap me in the face. Really? He's like, "I thought you were disrespectful. You ever fucking do that again, and I'll slap you." Really? Yeah, it was like a disrespectful kind of. Full on. Yeah, it was gnarly, and uh, and so it was really funny because I thought it was the right thing to do, and and obviously
0: different cultures and stuff have different, you know. Well, that's like you go to Japan and you you, like they're bowing at you, and you've got to you've got to um almost respect that they're showing you respect because like I, I remember when i first went there i was that someone bowed and then i'd bow and then they'd bow and it's like you can't be the last one to bow they have to be the last one to bow to you <laughs> yeah. you get like it, you, it is five weird. minutes like, of bowing just... dude i full did that <laughs> at a train station <laughs> at a bakery once and um, i'm not submitting I'm, I'm bowing to the death yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I was just like, fuck, where do I stop? Yeah. And I thought, I was like, oh, I'm going to be the dick if yeah. I don't return it. Yeah. And I, then I was like, man, this is just getting into a bit of a piss take like, now. A lot. But Christ. then yeah, someone was like, oh, he must be the last about to you. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I kept going deeper and he'd go yeah. deeper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's probably thinking, what, what's, his what's his dick doing? doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got to, like, it's funny you say that about Hawaii. Because I love Hawaii and I love Hawaiians, but they're... It can be a weird place when it comes to that localism type stuff that goes down there.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, it is a weird place because, you know, I, I guess the, they got overridden, you know, like yeah. the the Hawaiians, you know, kind of similar thing to what we, we, have, here. we have here, you yeah. know. And so I feel like because um, it is such a small island, there is kind of that still that heritage that they're trying to hang on to, so... Um, it can be, you know, pretty gnarly spot And I feel like, you know, they take that whole localism thing To the next level, some some do I mean, it's gotten a lot better now Purely because, you know, obviously you can't do certain things In this day and age than what you could probably 10 years ago But mm. um, I, I feel like, you know, they're probably still Trying to hold on to that sort of thing And, and you, when you look at it like that, it kind of makes sense um, But yeah it's uh it's interesting it was um yeah especially that the the north shore you know i went there as like a 14 year old for my first trip by myself and um got thrown in the deep end and it was an eye-opening experience kind of you know forced me to become a man pretty quick um you know surfing waves of the gold coast and then the old man's like no you're ready get over there and I was uh, I was lucky enough I had a friend that I met up with over there that was a bit older and stayed with him. But, man, it was a pretty crazy experience as a 14-year-old surfing some of the biggest waves in the world and almost drowning and, you know, just seeing this whole new sort of culture. And, um, it was, yeah, it was like, it was pretty baffling. What waves were you going after as a 14-year-old in Hawaii?
0: Uh, I mean, I was along
1: that, that whole miracle mile that they yeah. call it now
0: um i didn't know like so you've obviously got like you've got um pipe and then back door then off the wall and there's like, like rocky the, so it's yeah. like are you staying away from the super heavy stuff as a 14 year old or are you sort of off the edge getting scrapped no, like, how does it work well it's just like or you're just paddling out of pipe you have to fuck that yeah like
1: as a kid you know i'm kind of like trying to make it as a pro and i've got older friends there and they're all like yeah, they're not going to let you go surf Rockies. Yeah, right. You know, my old man's like... You You're know, going there to surf you, pipe, man. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't come home until you've got to stand <laughs> up, barrel. Yeah, pretty much. And so uh, the first person I met over there as a kid um, when I was like... yeah, it was, I think in the first week was Jamie O'Brien. And uh, he kind of took me under his wing. He lived right there. like the, the house that you line up with between pipe and backdoor was his house. And, uh, he was the best guy, you know, he was a little white kid, but just, you know, ruled the joint. And, uh, so I kind of looked up to him as a kid and we were friends and, and, uh, it just kind of evolved from there. And I definitely don't think I would have been so comfortable in big ways if it wasn't from like hanging out with him and, Mm. and pushing each other. And, uh, and, you know, we still do that now. And, uh, yeah i feel like there'd be i wouldn't be a pro surfer or have any sort of career in surfing if it wasn't for for, like you know for him especially in those early days
0: yeah it was wild do you remember your first legitimate pipe wave
1: i know he drowned my first the first time i surfed it i uh paddled out it was it was huge it was like second reef and i was 14 and jamie was obviously he lived there his whole life so he's comfortable and he's like yeah we're out there and uh Paddled out, got a second reefer on the head. So, in layman's terms, there's two reefs. There's a the first ledge that you see, you know, mostly it breaks on. And then when it gets real big, it maxes out. And there's a second reef that rolls in from way, way outside. And, uh, you know, the whitewashers that come in through there are like, you know, 12, 15 foot Hawaiian, which is, you know, it's it's tall. You know, it's yeah. as tall as the, the front of the factory here. And,. Uh, So I got like two or three of them on the head, got wrapped up in a guy's leash and, you know, pinned to the bottom and basically came in in tears just thinking I was, you know, pretty much nearly drowned. I'm going to play golf now. And then (laughs) Jamie's old man's quite similar. You know, he's, uh, yeah, he's a white guy. He came from Australia and, uh, he was a lot. Oh,
0: really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's got Aussie in him. No shit. Uh, so yeah, he's just like, "Uh, you'll be right. You know, it's, it's all part of it, kid. And, uh. There was no hugs or kisses on the beach. It was just like get over it, and yeah. the next day you are back out there. Because
0: everyone's probably had the same thing, you know what oh, I mean? It's, it's not yeah. like you were special.
1: No, no, you know he. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was just, it was what it was. You know, you're in a man's world, and you're a kid, so get over it. Yeah, you know, don't surf it or
0: go it's to Rockets, the way It's you know? probably the way to do it. Really, like I think nowadays, there's probably a lot of pandering that goes on. That sort of, I guess uh doesn't exactly hasten hasten the learning curve. Like what you have to go through is like pipe, drowning, get back out there. There's no like, oh let's go surf this little wave, let's find your feet again. We'll get you back out there.
1: Mate, there's guys getting bashed on the beach. I was sleeping like (laughs) with five or six you know, Jamie had five or six mates that used to stay over all on the floor. Mate, these days these kids have have it on a on a platter. You know, they're in mansions, they got filmers, they got trainers we had nothing we were just like it was just it was fun you know looking back at raw. it it was raw it was really raw and um you know it makes you you know it makes you a man it makes you step up i guess yeah it was, i want to before
0: fun. i forget because i probably will i got an idea me and flick palmateer kind of started brainstorming some shit because she's heavy mm. she surfed some big stuff yeah but um we were talking about like uh the sort of the big wave world tour and she's like oh one day i could sort of just see it all being together what would you think about um like three ct events and then three big wave events but there was like a top sort of mix from both tours and then that dude wins like a unified world championship so like say you like say it's you ian walsh and um like twiggy like let's yeah, just throw yeah, like yeah. three names out there that yeah. like the top let's say you got the top three midway through the season of the big, big wave dudes and yeah. then the top three of the, oh, the yeah. ct dudes yeah. and then you you amount, you combine a couple of events or you give them both wild cards into each event and then you have like a, an overall world champ because i think that's where it needs to go man it'd be interesting to see toledo outdoors that's what we <laughs> said. <laughs> we we're like, hey Toledo, you guys, better be throwing J Base on. You don't want nothing to do with that top three. Yeah,
1: exactly. He'll uh
0: Yeah, I mean But like you look at like it's not Kelly would go, Owen sure. would go, John obviously is gone. You know, like I, there's dudes, so it it's like should we be calling like the C T dude the world champ if there's these other waves that guys are paddling? And then you got your separate world tour. They got their world tour. It's like, can we make one dude that's like the fucking dude? You know, they can do it though, right? Oh, I know they could do it. No, no, like literally. Oh, the world tour. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like they've, they're allowed to put their hand up and go, I want to go in Nazaree or I want to go on the Jaws event. They can do that whenever they want.
3: Yeah. They've just
1: got a lot riding on On that. On that, yeah. Yeah. You know, the money's there. It's not in the big wave game yet. I mean, it will come, but right now, but I, mean, I think
0: that would be a huge part of bringing the money in. Is oh, like you sure. get, you say you get John Kelly, um, Owen, some dudes that are just ready to throw down. Like I could see that big wave event, and uh, like just the idea of having a, not that they're not a legit world champion, obviously they are, but like the just the the title of having those kind of events, and then you get both, and then I mean you can win. You say you go chops pipe, and. Bay are like the three that you guys have to enter. Yeah. And it's just like a series within a series. I
1: yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good idea for sure. Um, it, it's, it's hard purely because those guys are looking at it and they're just saying, well, we're going for a world title. This is where the money's at. Yeah. And this is what we need to do. Unless the WSL looked at it and said, you know, there could be something really cool here if we combine these, make these guys kind of compete. Yeah. Or, or give them more more of an incentive to do that yeah then obviously i think that's going to benefit both sides especially more so the the big wave thing because it it will obviously bring the bigger names to those events and you know there's already a lot of people are always going to watch big waves it's just to obviously get that to get it to that next step and to bring a bit more a bit more finance behind it and get the sponsors to go shit you know we need to support this more um I think you do need to bring those names to it, and uh, you know I haven't really told a whole lot of people this, but I've been pretty heavily involved in in starting big wave events. One in particular in Australia, I can't say too much about it just because legal stuff. But um, I feel like there's room in a lot more specialty events. I feel like you know focusing on better locations, heavier locations. And then obviously having a really interesting format, and even, you know, having those events more often, like a slab tour,
0: for instance, in Australia. You yeah. know, the Kate Fear event. Um, that was ridiculous the last time they run that. Like, yeah. That was one of the biggest spectacles of surfing I've ever seen. Yeah. So, I mean, me and Mark had that idea. It actually
1: stemmed from me writing a bunch of goals on a, pizza box about six years ago and uh we're like man we have to we have to start some events at these locations because people were just losing it Mm. um you know every time it broke was on the news and and so that's that whole thing kind of stemmed from from an idea and you know i'd love to to see more specialty events and that's what i'm trying to push for at the moment especially within australia we don't have a world tour stop here um you know we've got some amazing waves but unfortunately some of those waves, you know the locals don't want events uh, there and they're really underground and um yeah it's just kind of one of those things that it probably won't happen um you know for that reason but yeah it'd be interesting man to to see uh you know i'd love to see john john do a couple more events you know even if it was jaws or something like that and yeah that that year that walsh uh not walshy um josh kerr decided to do the jaws event you know it just i think it just kind of you know it gets them excited too. the the other you know wsl guys seeing one of their guys competing on the on the big wave yeah scene is, is really cool as well
0: that last jaws event was so ridiculous like was that almost the perfect storm of like having a contest the waves were insane i feel like the infrastructure to cover the event was there was do you think that was the first like real showcase of what the big wave tour could be
1: i think the i think the size on that final day and the conditions and stuff for high performance big wave surfing was as good as it gets yeah you know like there was guys were legitimately getting barreled Coming out, um, you know, I had a ten. Walsh, that that Walsh, wave was Walsh ridiculous. While she had, had a ten in that same semi, yeah. And then
0: uh, Alby had some crazy ones too, because he's sitting so much further inside. You guys on those shorter boards, huh?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and so, I mean, yeah, the
1: performance level in that event was amazing. You know, yeah. the, but the waves were just allowed for it. Yeah. Um, you know, Jaws is the best big wave in the world, hands down. There's no other wave that even comes close to it um so yeah i mean you know even if there was maybe another event there throughout the year Mm. like two events there and a couple chances to get like that yeah there's so many different sort of avenues for it it's just unfortunate you know at the moment it's it's hard to come by you know dollars to put Mm. these events on it's not like you know you, you package these things together you showcase it to a sponsor and they go, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Um, it's going to be held on this day. And, you know, we're going to organize the live telecast. We're going to do all these things. We have that. We package that and we put it put it down. And then they go, yeah, we'll sign off on it. But you need to guarantee it's going to happen. And mm. we go, well, we can't. We can't guarantee anything. Mm. They're just like, well, you want us to put X amount, of a million bucks or whatever it is to do an event, but you can't guarantee it's going to happen? They're just like... There's yeah. not many companies that are going to do that, yeah. you know I can probably name one or two that that will and that are, but there's not a whole lot of others that will mm. that can pull that sort of shit off, you know so um, i'd love to see it i'd love to see the big wave thing grow more for sure. I feel like there's such a big interest in it, but it's just dollars and cents it's just it's a hard one I know? think
0: though like when you really look at it, what you and albie and ian did in that semi is like that's what needs to happen those kind of performances like i watched that heat i think i was actually at red bull um in santa monica when that heat was going down and like everyone was glued to their the webcast and it was just like everyone was having that like fuck off moment. Like this yeah. is this is really happening. And it looked so, like... So are we. <laughs> yeah. oh, I can't even imagine. But I'm it, it, it it looked like a Pipe Masters final. It, you know what I mean? It just had that like air of legitimacy of like this is it. This is as good... Like these dudes are doing what they want to be doing. Yep. And it's like the the conditions came together. The surfing was fucking out of control. Like... Did Ian got that wave before you, or did you get it before Ian? Like, cause he got a ten, you got a ten. Made. Uh, I got the first ten. Yeah. Okay. And then he got. I was like, yes, yeah, fucking yeah. ten, bang. Yeah.
1: And because and I, I remember looking at that that draw, and going, holy. So, yeah. I remember looking at that draw, just thinking, like, this could easily be a final. Oh yeah. And um, and I'm thinking, I'm gonna have to put my fucking a game on to get through this one like i haven't really been intimidated much in in you know I, I don't really care about names and stuff but i looked at that that draw the night before and i started laughing i'm yeah. like are you <laughs> fucking serious like <laughs> what am I this to is do it? pretty stacked <laughs> yeah. and, and i knew i was an underdog coming into that semi and uh and i kind of thought i was too to be honest you know um but i, I did back myself and and uh and i knew you know i had a good enough chance to, to win it and um yeah i knew yeah the, the strategy going into that was just you know i had actually some really bad wipeouts the day before i had probably one of the worst wipeouts i've ever had really um, yeah yeah the day before was big raw and because um, the conditions
0: weren't as good that day was it they
1: weren't as good but it was big mm. you know it was, it was really kind of pretty sketchy conditions real bumpy and um kind of had to send it on one just to to get through the heat i had like at one score and then i had to send it on this on this really big one and um end up going through like four canisters i went through all my canisters in one wipeout so like usually you fall off you pull a canister and and you're good you come up and i pulled my first canister it deflated because of the pressure i got like ragdolled like a car crash pulled the next one came up and there was a 20 footer like top to bottom 20 footer like literally broke like 20 meters in front of me
0: so that's like basically an explosion it was bad yeah it was was... (laughs) that that would be my phone you're right mate you're in demand (laughs) we get it um so 20 foot explosion
1: yeah it was like what's
0: like what's going through your head at that point like is anything going through your head do you have time to think you're just going fuck like, like,
1: i was just like i was kind of like oh fuck that was bad you know like i just the actual wipe out itself was like oh then to get to shit. the surface got to the surface i was like kind of you're pretty rattled you know you get the surface and you're not stressing you're just kind of like in survival you yeah. know you're like you know I, I do a lot of training and shit like a lot of breath training and i know what to do to get to get the breath back and to st- to stay calm and it's just you know you just that clicks in yeah straight away you're just like okay this is what I got to do to survive and get through it and then fucking hit. And it's just like a, it's, it, it's pretty messed up. Like sometimes you kind of like, it's so messed up that you actually almost start laughing. You're like, <laughs> is this fucking happening. Like I just got beach ball 20 meters in the air
0: and, uh, and you kind of like because you kind of are a beach ball when you're fully inflated, fully inflated so it's yeah. like pushing you down and then you've got to come up oh yeah it's gnarly so you actually get air off the surface of the wave do you think like so one, once one, that hits you it's not just pushing you down and then you sm- go smooth to the surface it's like you actually get flung from it
1: yeah yeah you're, you're literally a beach ball like you feel like you're just getting kicked <laughs> you're like 20 20 meters it's out of control that's heavy and then sometimes you will hit and it will suck you back over and like it's tapped and uh yeah i, I knew i got really really fucked up when i pulled the first canister, so deflated pulled it another one and then finally started coming up i was fully inflated on the surface before the, that 20 footer hit me the 20 footer hit me beach ball me deflated pulled the third one and it was starting to bring me up and then I was just that wigged out. I pulled the fourth, and that, and that obviously broke the surface for me. But by that stage, I was, I was on the rocks. rocks yeah. So that's like, I don't know. That's uh, a football field um, of beatings, just especially the on coming. the north peak. You know, If you take off on that far north peak, not the inside, and you fall there, that's, I mean, it's every bit of nearly a minute of hold downs and
0: beatings to the rocks. So yeah. pretty much everyone's doing the breath training stuff now. Like when, when did that sort of come in, do you reckon? I've been doing that for a long time. Um, what, what was your first, like, how did you get onto that? <laughs>
1: I nearly drowned. I, well, I pretty much did drown. I, um, cause I, I haven't grown up with Vest, you know. I was, yeah.
0: So you, yeah, you're pre Vest era, right? Yeah. So like, yeah how how or what's the difference between a vest wipeout at jaws and a no vest wipeout at jaws you wouldn't surf jaws without a vest you so, drowned so you
1: didn't do that back in like no one no was one's no one surfed jaws without no one
0: legitimately has surfed jaws without a vest so it's that gnarly that you don't think you could survive a wipeout there without a vest
1: that wipeout i just explained to you i would have 100 percent drowned if i didn't have a vest that's fucked up like like easy because what the vest does, it, it, only, it brings you up, but it actually you actually get momentum to push you in. Yeah. Whereas if you haven't got a vest and you fall off, you're like a rock and it just recycles you on the same spot and pushes you deep. Whereas when you're inflated, it pushes you deep, but it pushes but it, you like yeah. towards with the energy. Whereas when you, without them, you just sink. And then, and then you, you're obviously trying to fight your way to get the surface. But then you're in the in the like the perfect position for the next wave to be like literally on your head, mm. and that's why like you know big wave surfing when I f- you know was getting into it younger was pretty tapped like yeah. guys were drowning frequently and um and like you go to Hawaii and you'd hear like horror stories like you know um, I remember hearing one off Shane and he's Shane Doring when there's a outer reef. There and he was like yeah two wave hold down and basically just was he said i I pretty much drowned can't remember coming up and he got really smoked and and that stuff was happening pretty frequently um and you know even looking back at it now i uh i'd see photos and footage of me just surfing in board shorts and uh like i don't even think i'd do that
0: now yeah, right. Just like with it, the knowledge that you've got of the like the some of the big hold downs you've had with vests on. Oh yeah, exactly. And you know, like
1: just looking at it, just going, "Fuck, what was I thinking?" You know, surfing these waves without a vest, and that's when like you know I've gotten better at breast training now, um, just purely because I like spearing and spearfishing and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and I know how far I can push it, but it's um, yeah, you wouldn't even consider surfing the waves we do now without a vest.
0: So where was the near drowning thing that made you start looking into the breath thing? And then what was, um, what was like the, I guess what info was available then? Because now I th- feel like Wim Hof's made the whole breath thing like super famous. And then you've got like Brian McKenzie doing his stuff, uh, Led Hamilton, like a, a ton of dudes. Like I feel like there's resources now. So I kind of get the impression that when you started doing there, almost wasn't like resources for the breath training stuff
1: uh a lot of my breath stuff was through a guy called nam baldwin and uh he had a breath background um some free diving stuff and you know he kind of just catered a program more specifically for for you know guys that were surfing and um kind of was working with him for a long time and um you know we we were kind of tweaking things together and you know playing around with certain things and i um you know i've got a, a thing now breath performance that i've been working on and, and doing stuff myself working with another guy called james fletcher who he's uh basically basically come up with a uh program around a device that will strengthen your diaphragm and your intercostals, which will allow for longer breath holds and um, will allow you to go past certain barriers when you start to obviously get huge urges, your body will start to kick in. If you've got a stronger diaphragm, it will allow you to hold your breath or allow you to push your breath longer and stuff like that. So um, continuing evolving that and doing my own stuff just because, you know, obviously I I know what it takes to to get through these hold downs. And, and, um, yeah, so it's kind of just one of those things. It's not really – I enjoy it, you know. I enjoy trying to, you know, push that sort of envelope, and you know, it's um, it's obviously an important part of surfing big waves. But I mean, now it's it's obviously a lot safer with the devices, but I still try not to rely on rely that. on it because yeah. you know I have had them pop and stuff like that before.
0: Yeah, um, a friend of mine, Jimmy, um, has got me onto the Brian McKenzie's program. Um, yep. have you seen his stuff? I, yeah, I have done a seminar with him up in Brisbane. Ah, right, eh. Yeah. yeah, he's an interesting cat, man.
1: Yeah, he is interesting. He's um, yeah, yeah. I feel like most. Uh, I don't. I don't want to come across too. Uh, yeah, they're very good at selling what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Um, it's not really groundbreaking stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't think. I mean, it's just it's like you know if
0: because if if you're in that that realm of stuff you understand yeah you've got more of an understanding than like the commercial level of it exactly they're kind of doing like the layman's sort of terms of it i guess
1: yeah yogis and you know people yoga fire breathing and you know there's so many different types of things that are coming out that aren't that new really um you know if you know how to breathe um if you know how to breathe in your diaphragm you know to get lateral expansion and um all that sort of stuff it's you know the wim hof stuff's obviously you know very different or again um yeah. but yeah it's all stuff that's been around for a long time
0: yeah yeah um so i guess what are like if you weren't big wave surfing like say for me right i'm not like a big wave surfer or like could barely even call myself a surfer really um but like what are some of the benefits because i know jimmy's like he loves the breathing stuff. Like he gets up and he does his like fifteen minutes in the morning or whatever. Yeah, and he's just like, man, it's just like a triple shot of coffee. So I think, like, what are the benefits, or like, could you explain some of the benefits to just the everyday person to like starting their day with like some legitimate breathing exercises? So James Fletcher,
1: the guy I was saying before, who's got a program around. It, there's a device called the Power Breathe device. It's basically. It's very similar to like lifting weights to build muscle yeah it's doing the same thing with this breathing device which will allow a stronger diaphragm and inner costals which is obviously so muscles, muscles around your ribs, ribs right? that yeah. will you know obviously allow a stronger diaphragm stronger diaphragm bigger breasts. once you learn how to breathe properly it eliminates so many things you know high breath is stress you see a lot of guys with like curled over shoulders and they're not like good posture you know you can i can tell but just by looking at someone if they know how to breathe properly yeah right you know how they carry themselves and stuff like that um you kind of i can like like even eliminating back issues and stuff um you know through a lot of years of surfing and stuff you don't it's very hard to breathe properly down to your you know your your diaphragm and stuff it's a lot of high breathing so i was getting a lot of back issues so when you say
0: high breathing are you you feel like you're guys, sort of just breathing to your chest and yeah, not like filling up down here yeah if you fill up down here it's like an extra 30 percent like i feel like yeah when i take deep breaths i feel like i'm tight across my chest almost. and it will, it will
1: continue getting tighter too yeah because yeah like and i had the same issue too i thought you know yeah i'm breathing properly and and you know, obviously, working with you know James Fletcher and, and understanding how to get the most out of a proper breath with this machine, because you can actually see the graph, like you yeah, can right. see how much volume you are doing, you know, every single breath. So if, when I first started doing it, I was looking at the graph on the on the screen. And you're I like, "It's see, wrong. It's, <laughs> it's not wrong like, with what it." What the hell? He's like, "Yeah, you are not breathing properly. You know, you 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 are losing out on thirty percent of your breath by not going." down into the proper you know chambers and stuff like that and uh it was super interesting and and just from using that device and the program
0: around it was like night and day this is kind of blowing my mind because i'm like sitting here going like fucking 30 years i've probably never taken a proper breath guaranteed that's heavy like how many people could would go through their life not even knowing that the whole breathing is a thing because well not only that it's just like i thought that i'd you're an elite athlete. Well, you know? I,
1: I, that's what I was training for so, for so long. And I was just like, oh, my breath must be good. You know, I've got a long breath hold. Can, you know, you can do sets of 50 meters underwater with like a pretty high heart rate. Um, but then because I was looking at this graph and it wasn't consistent and, and you know, his, the program obviously focuses on, it's just like a muscle, you know, like, you know, what's your high output? You know, what's your volume? All these different things. So once you see that on the screen, you're like, "There's something wrong here. I'm missing something." Mm. So I, I just kind of, I had obviously a lot of things that were good, but the fundamentals were kind of wrong. And and so, you know, his whole thing is focused around, um, you know, people that have had lung cancer and you know people that can't even walk up a flight of stairs because they get gassed.
0: You've got to be in a weird spot, like a like a bad spot health wise to. To be in that kind of position eh? like that's well, a long yeah. road to get there
1: yeah but this these this program that we're you know obviously trying to launch is is to help everyone mm. it's not just targeted at elite sports people and there's programs now i went and saw a guy called chris prosser who's really good at you know if i get a yeah you know, like a really serious injury or something like that he's he's always evolving his stuff and
0: so what does he do
1: so he's uh he's a uh a Cairo and physio yep and he's always doing new shit like yep. the last time i saw him um you know it's like baby back to baby movements that incorporates the proper breathing that i'm talking about and because a lot of people's issues stem from switching off certain areas like lower chambers and and all that uh, I'm not amazing at explaining this sort of science behind it, but basically it's bringing back movements that you first Mm -hmm. done when you learn how to walk and crawl, but back to the right habits of breathing around those movements, which switch those right muscles on. So if you say lift something or you do something incorrectly, obviously that's going to stem certain pinches and impingements in your back and stuff like that. So his whole thing is around like, I don't know the exact name of it, but it's like um, really basic uh, movements that babies and stuff do and correlating that with the breath to allow it to switch back on. Yeah, it's it's tapped. It's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something that I want to get into. And I know, um, like you've been to P3, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was at P3 the other day for the first time doing their ice bath therapy. Yep. And like me, I haven't looked into it at all. In depth enough, or practiced, or whatever, but I was um, so you start with the eighteen degree, which is pretty cold. Like yeah. you're gonna um, for anyone that's on the Gold Coast listening, you should go to P3 even if you're not doing sports stuff or anything like that, just to experience the whole ice bath, ice hot kind of therapy. It's epic because I think that I mean your body feels amazing um, as a result of it. Anyway, that they have magnesium in the baths, um, so I mean. There's fringe benefits to it, but I think that nothing will make you um, think about how important breathing is than standing in an ice bath for four minutes. Because you're, so I was kind of really trying to like breathe as deep as I could um, to get myself like I guess like full of oxygen. Because based on the Wim Hof thing, he yep. basically says like you it's, know you want to oxygenate all your cells, and it's almost hyperventilating. Yeah, yeah basically and you get like lightheaded you feel yeah. kind of dizzy and stuff from it, day eh? yeah yeah exactly um
1: but well i
0: definitely was still
1: cold, he's, trying so. to ex- he's trying to expel a lot of co2 and stuff like that yeah Over oxygenate the body and yeah that's why you feel that lightheadedness yeah
0: yeah because anytime like if you've been on an oxygen ventilator like you get kind of a bit woozy from that because yep. what we breathe isn't like there's not a crazy high percentage of oxygen in the air that we breathe
1: no no it's it's carbon dioxide as well you know it's yeah yeah and that's why when you do a lot of my training is hypoxic training with high heart rate which is basically you know dealing with co2 build-up which is that feeling that you're like oh that feels shit i want to breathe now yeah um that's the that's exactly what you kind of go through when you have a wipeout it's kind of like you don't get the breather. Breathe. Yeah. You know, and so a lot of my stuff is is training around that feeling. Yeah. Um, which isn't always that obviously that fun, but it's realistic and and
0: it's necessary for what you're putting your body through. For sure, yeah. But yeah, with the the P three thing, um, so yeah, you got your eighteen degree, then you go into I think it's thirty eight degrees, so you go cold, hot, and then basically um we're getting Trav in to he's gonna talk about some of the science behind it, which I'm yeah. really interested in. But um, then you jump into the 10 degree bath and they're like throwing ice, like ice cubes at you while you're in it kind of thing. Like it's legitimately cold. Yep. And the instinct is to tighten up. Everything gets tight as like this deep. deep did you first get that when you first did it? You sort of, you stand there and you're tight, and, and that just makes it harder to breathe. And the only time it felt bearable for me was when I just put my hands on the edge fully relaxed my body and started taking these smooth breaths. And that's when I stopped shivering and I kind of got some control over my body. But then every time I went back in, I just went back to that square one of like everything was tight. It felt like I couldn't breathe. And then it's this mental challenge to like, let your body relax so that you can start taking normal breaths again.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And I feel like that Wim Hof stuff is important I feel like it's smart how he's kind of based a lot of his stuff around the ice bath because it it actually forces you, like you said, to focus on your breath. Yeah. Um, it was interesting because I, I have been doing a lot of the ice baths and heat you know, heat as well. And you don't necessarily have to do Wim Hof just because you're going in the ice bath. Yeah. You know, I, I got just as good as a result on doing the same sort of recovery breath that I do when I train as what, um, someone that was next to me trying to do the Wim Hof technique. Yeah. I had, I, in all honesty, I, th- I actually felt it was more of a benefit.
0: So like your sl-
1: training, slowing the breath down and being relaxed, um, and just nasal, um, inhalation and exhalation instead of just trying to do the Wim Hof, yeah. you know, um, technique. It, it, it was, you know, obviously they both worked, yeah, I
0: guess it's just but the I guess it just goes to show that the breathing is what's important in terms of controlling exactly. your body yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. and mental too. I mean uh, if you can control your you, you know the mental state yeah it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> well, we like, took um,
0: we took Jackson Richardson in. Jats is a two-time supercross champ and he's just a he's an athlete like he's so fit and really strong and um, like he's an alley dude in what he does and we went through two rounds of it and then they said you know recommend doing three rounds and then we sort of said fuck we'll just do the first two and we'll hop out then i got to that hot one and i was like nah we're doing it like we're just getting back in that ice bath and um and i think it was it just is like i guess it's just a good mental exercise in terms of just being a fucking bit of a savage and like i think that once you Not that having a nice bath is savage, but what your instinct is, is to not do that. And then you do it and then you're like, okay, you got to do it again. And you're like, well, I don't want to do that. Like, it's very, very uncomfortable. And I think if you can get into a rhythm of doing things that your mind and body is rejecting and pushing back at you for, then it's almost you know whether you're an athlete or not like that is a very useful skill to have is to look something in the face the water's sitting right there it's not moving you could not get in it just as easy as you could get in it but it's that's that pushback and then you're you're overcoming it
1: oh for sure i feel like you know there's so many things in this world now that are made easy you know Mm. like and for me i've always tried to push myself to be uncomfortable be comfortable in an uncomfortable situation, like you know whether it's breath hold stuff, you know recovery ice bar stuff. Um, when I train, you know obviously the hypoxic training is is obviously, you know a, a, all that sort of stuff um, is training your body to be relaxed when shit hits a fan. Yeah, and, and if you can do that, then you know that that's the goal. You know, it's not like oh geez, I look amazing, but. I'm not really mentally strong because I haven't pushed myself in certain areas or yeah you know what I mean like there's only certain things that you can do that that you know take you to that place, but you know it also takes the right individual as
0: well you know yeah um there's so some people some people hate being uncomfortable, yeah oh for so sure I hate it for sure. <laughs> it's such a well, the thing is is like you don't have to be yeah
3: you know exactly. I mean? you've got that choice you've got we've got yeah. a
0: choice now, and I think that there's so much clarity for me like i'll do motocross stuff and like um yeah like i'll go surf i'll i'll paddle out on like big days that i i know i can't really i don't really have the cash in the bank to write that check in terms of surfing the waves but i'll go out there on big days just to get a beating yeah exactly and then i because i feel like so for example last time i was in the states it um have you you know like porto the beach at manhattan beach there like you got that jetty el porto yeah yeah i do So like that gets pretty heavy there and like we gotta for for la obviously like we're we're talking there's levels to (laughs) the game but like for me it was probably you know a few foot overhead when you're at the base of the waves and there was no one out and it was like dusk there was i was by myself it was overcast the water was black i was fucking freezing cold And my mate was, he's a really good surfer. It's just like, ah, nah. Like he was a bit crook. And we knew Malibu was going to be really good the next day. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going out, man. And he's kind of like (laughs) laughing on the beach. And he sat in the back of his truck and watched me. And I just got exploded on for like. Like
1: me jumping on a 450, trying to do a jump or something like that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be
0: the same. But um, but like, I, I, I hated it when I was out there. And I was scared when I was out there because everything was a closeout. And like. When you're not a good surfer and it's that big and everything's closing out, I was on a fish, like I wasn't even on the right board. But I just like wanted to put myself in that, like you said, that uncomfortable situation. Yeah. I wasn't exactly comfortable in that uncomfortable situation. But it's like I did it and I felt better from doing for it. Doing it. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. I, you know, I got rolled around and then we went out to Malibu the next day and it was a little bit smaller, but way cleaner. And I just, I had a really good surf because I just felt... The confidence from putting myself through something like i it's almost like I could look back and be like, "Well, yesterday was fucking way harder." Everything that happened—you probably enjoyed you know, it
1: more though than sitting out Malibu and hanging, was, hanging tan with about a thousand other people. <laughs> well, we
0: went to like a county line, right? So it's it's kind of good there because you can there's like so many different peaks. It's not like a point that everyone's got to kind of sit on. Yeah, there was fucking sketchy, dude. There was a dead seal, and it oh, just wow. kept floating like right next to me, and I just paddle away from this seal like everywhere i went this dead seal was there
1: at well, least at least the shark will attack the seal hopefully instead Who knows of you, though, you know you <laughs> you're
0: rolling the dice
1: up close and personal
0: <laughs> the, this thing just legitimately would not fuck off eh? but it, the good thing about it is that me and nick got to like where whatever peak that seal was on no you're on the else. other one no no one oh, else right, was on s- it. yeah so <laughs> we sat on the we sat where the seal was pretty much the whole time and because uh, yeah, everyone else cleared off and I was sort of, like, trying to justify it a little bit, running through my head, like, ah, the shark will eat that instead of me. But, fuck, it was still sketchy And there's just a dead seal and seagulls are landing on it and there's shit moving in the water all around it. I was like, oh, fuck this. Or <laughs> all, all for a two-foot wave. No, nah, yeah. it was like, it was pretty, well, two-foot yeah. for you. But it was decent for me. We had a good day that day. Eight-foot Cali. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what, yeah, you go to Hawaii. Well, you get... um there's a dude that works for Red Bull Trav and he's a Hawaiian guy. He's yeah. Like a shredder. And then- Always downplay it though. Yeah, he will be much. like, well, I'm like, oh, how is was at the beach today. He's like, oh, it's two foot, bro. Like, it's okay. Yeah. And I get out there. It's, it's like- 12. Yeah, it's like a foot overhead. I'm like, it's <laughs> firing, bro. He's like, nah, bro, it's two foot.
1: Get back. Getting back to that question that we're on before though um, about doing stuff that you're uncomfortable with. I, f- I feel like that's kind of the biggest draw card with- surfing bigger ways because a lot of times throughout my career i've looked at it and I'm like what do i do this you know yeah. and sometimes you you know having a family and stuff you kind of got to look at that and go you know you've really got to look at what you're doing and kind of weigh the options up of is it worth keep you know is it worth pursuing or you know what's the risk versus
0: rewards and does it make sense well you know I what's have funny to, um sorry to cut you off there but Je- we had jeff Weatherall and he's a base jumper yeah and like i wondered uh like i guess comment on this with what we're talking about with jeff is like are you making that call is like your ego involved to where you just want to be the dude surfing the biggest waves or like are you doing it for, for that kind of true right reason when i was younger it was 100% ego yeah right for sure it was and i and
1: I, it got to a point where i didn't want to surf big waves anymore i was kind of done and i literally had to reevaluate the whole thing on why i done it and it it's been a long process you know like um i feel like a lot of you know some people just that's all they want to do you know and surfing big waves to them isn't that scary and and stuff like that but for me you know big waves scare me you know i, I they've always scared me but i feel like that's kind of helped me stay in the game for a long time and you know not drown not die you know, not get too injured, having a career ending um, injury and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's hard because when you're young, I feel like it is a bit of an ego driving thing. You know, you want to out, you know, you want to outdo your friend.
0: You want the you cover want, you want the,
1: mag and You want the biggest wave. Yeah. And like, to the point, you know, I was probably that bad to the point where, you know, it was personal. Like I made it personal. Like I got pissed if I wasn't on the biggest wave, you know, or um yeah i was willing to take it to any lengths really i, I didn't even really give a shit if i died to yeah. be honest when i was younger i was like who gives a shit like it's <laughs> it wasn't a good place to be in. it was pretty dark
0: um and do you think like like i wonder dudes that like i got a lot of friends that do crazy shit and i know them personally and i know there's some demons there and there's some stuff that they're they have got going on. And I, I wonder sometimes is like, are you doing this to run from the demons? Mm. And is that giving you, is that filling the hole that you've got or is it masking the putting real shit? On it. Yeah, putting yeah. a bandaid on it. And then that's why when you kind of get in that attitude of like, well, fuck it, I'll die for this, is because you kind of are running from the things that you haven't really figured out in your life yet. For sure,
1: 100%. And I'm the first one to admit that. You know, I went through a stage where, like personally, I, I it was hard. You know, I was like, it it wears you down. Like you get to a point, you are like, fuck, I've had enough. And I can't and do keep doing this. Do you mean like
0: this. the? Do you mean this the actual physical act of the surfing, or like the industry and sponsors and competition? Yeah, really. and just the whole package? The whole thing. Yeah, you just yeah, it's
1: just like you are not doing it for the right reasons. Like you 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 are but you're not you kind of like you you can only feed off that sort of energy for so long until you burn yourself out yeah you know what i mean and then you've got to kind of look at it and go why am i doing this you know is it worth risking and going this hard or you know there's so many different things that that you mentally have to go through and you know reevaluating reevaluating yourself outside surfing you know and and you know I think having a family for me was the big turning point. Um, you know, once you see your daughter and you realize you've got so much more to lose and, you know, sponsorship isn't everything. There's so many bigger things out there. Mm-hmm. You know, like giving back and helping people is, you know, for me at this point in my career is, is such a, a amazing feeling. Um, and when you're younger, you're so caught up in your own shit, you don't really see that stuff, you know? You're like, fucking sponsorship, uh, best video clip, biggest wave, like you're loving people giving you these props, but it's not, you know, I feel like I never really enjoyed it. I didn't get a chance to actually take it all in because mm. you're in such a, like a, a frenzy, frenzy yeah. that you're like, you know what I mean? Like you're not even really there. You're not present in the moment gun how good's this mm. and I feel like in the last four years five years even like I've been out to kind of like slow down and kind of you know um like smell the roses a bit yeah yeah and, and I feel like I'm actually enjoying those moments you know I won't be you know, if I see a swell that's like maxing out at ship turns and I know it's like borderline rideable I won't even go like I don't give a shit if someone's like where were you it was the biggest day and you know, like I already know that it's going to be borderline too big mm. and it's like, it's not worth it. So you know, it's like
0: so it's like you're steering the ship now as opposed to that ego side of things. Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then, you know, you don't, it is what it is. You know, you, you're in charge of your own destiny, not, you know, this, yeah, coming from this other place that is not a good position to be in yeah and i think people people pick up on that too you know
3: yeah oh yeah Yeah, for sure
1: yeah people can see it you know like yeah it's yeah it's dark it's not it's not a fun place to be in
0: and i think that i mean people get there whether it's with athlete like as an athlete or like i think there's i don't know it's like it's like you sort of have to go through that thing in your late 20s some people never get out of it and then there'll be you know career fuck-ups in Terms of you know they might yeah because yeah. it's like you can people turn to alcohol drugs yeah. like I mean it's just endless you know really because I think that the um the whole like everyone's got demons everyone's got baggage everyone's got a thing that they've got to deal with because the past is a bit of a motherfucker in that mm. way and there's things that happen that are like out of your control that are shitty things and you know what I mean like you look at a guy like Barney Miller like yeah his exactly. podcast just coming out today and it's like dude had every reason to just say fuck this yeah you know that's a shit hand to get dealt and you know then that's the thing that you carry into the future like the the baggage of your past is that thing that kind of carries and i I think that you know for your side of things it's like you you're always in this competitive um realm where you're like constantly measuring yourself against other people and then you get into this like battle of self-worth almost eh? Where it's yeah, like your exactly. self-worth is tied to that biggest wave or that best clip or and it's like there's a your identity is almost held hostage by how good you can surf exactly and then you only really
1: know yourself when you look when it's been stripped back you know and and you're like okay now i've got to hustle now i have got to make something happen and you know you aren't getting free handouts and it's kind of like that's when the real you comes out you know, that's when your character comes out. That's when you're, you're not taking stuff for granted, and you're kind of like making shit happen, and you're doing things. For the, you have to do things for the right reasons because it just doesn't work otherwise. You know, and um, you know, I I'm I'm stoked with where things are at for me at the moment. Yeah, like obviously, you know, I've, I've I just lost Monster, which was pretty heavy. Um, like that was probably like eight years with that brand, and and they were like the hand that fed me and uh but you know every loss there's always something to gain from that you know and and i'm looking at so many different other opportunities now that have opened up and and i'm excited you know and and i'm you know obviously i'll always surf you know ways and you know obviously big ways is what you know i I really enjoy when i feel like it and uh you know jaws last year was just so sick Mm -hmm. Like i was frothing to do that and um you know so just those that sort of those sort of moments are, are special you know
0: yeah and i think that like when you get in a place where you kind of can enjoy them and it's not like you know the only you're not living for that moment i guess like you've got yeah, to exactly. stuff to live for because i found i got into a place where i was doing a lot of like really cool shit and i was like i remember just being like just couldn't wait to leave a shoot with like a dude that i looked up to my whole life yeah right you know what i mean so yeah. i'm like but not because like say like ricky carmichael like yes. guys like he's one of my best friends of like i talk to him all the time i love that dude like he was my idol growing up yeah but like it is such a weird place where like i'm at his house filming a commercial yeah and it's like the coolest shit ever and i'm like looking at the clock
1: and i'm like because right, you had something else that no was...
0: like i just think you know you get into that
1: complacent and kind of
0: yeah and you're not like you said you're not smelling the roses you just yeah. caught up in all this other shit in your head and it's like you if you really strip back and you're like at you're like hey man at the core of this you got into this because you watched this guy your whole life
1: yeah ex- and, oh, i think everyone you know, goes yeah. through it you know like yeah like I, i'm sure you yeah. could
0: have been sitting at pipe and it's like one of the most fucking epic days ever it's like perfect waves and you're just like pissed because something peripheral happened and it like fully takes you out of the moment when if you're like, if you could look at yourself through like a video game lens, you'd be like, slap it's this guy. Firing, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, look at how, look at what you've got to be stoked for. Oh, for and sure. even down to like, you could strip it back to like, well, I'd give anything to get a wave at pipe, like one wave, just feel that thing. You know what I mean? So it's like, you can, you can, um, I guess it's like, if you put all your, you know, the problems in your life and then you looked at it with, Compared to everybody else, you'd probably go, "Ah, oh, fuck!" Like, no, I've oh, got it. I've got it pretty I'll, good. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take a step back. But yeah. yeah, I think, like you said, everyone gets into those times oh, where that sure. momentum, you just get so caught up. Where, like, if you really looked at it, you're like, "Fuck, it's pretty sick." Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I've more so, yeah. Like, if you like, I said before, you know, like, if you look at what you have and you scale everything back, and you just like. We've got it pretty good, pretty solid. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it's, it's hard. We're not to... we're not living in a third world country. We've got heaps of opportunities, and you know, um, especially in Australia, I mean, you know, you can get paid to not even frigging work. Yeah, basically, <laughs> it's you know that security is pretty gnarly. I mean, I'd never go there, but um, we are we are lucky
0: for sure. Yeah, let going back to like that first kind of deal at Pipe. Do you? remember like how scared you were like even did you have fear of like when you went to bed and you could hear the waves and no one you'd have to get up like and kind of go because you're in a heavy crew like jb's out there and he's not scared
1: i think it was just like when you're so when you throw yourself in so deep and you're so excited and you've kind of visualized yourself doing it for so long as a kid and it's a dream and you're actually playing it out it's almost more excitement than fear, you know, I feel like later in your career, you get more scared because you actually know what you're in for. You've felt the consequences. You've fallen on that reef. You've hit the bottom. You've had injuries. Like, you're like, this is a real deal. You know, this place is no joke. Um, And then there's a, a bit of pressure on you to perform. And, that's when more fear I think creeps in. But those initial first you know, yeah, obviously I shit myself, but it was like excitement and shitting myself too, you know. It wasn't yeah. just like like anticipation more than fear. Yeah, like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm actually here and doing this, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was just fun. You know, it was um it was just like a first time sort of moment where everything was it was happening. It was just yeah. yeah it was good
0: do you remember the first legit wave that you kind of finished at pipe and got spat out i remember the first proper wave that i got
1: at pipe and i i couldn't have blown it any harder if i
0: tried <laughs> oh really yeah
1: and the thing like literally the thing just came straight to me it was like a proper roll and i was right behind it it's like here, in yeah and i just come off the bottom i remember the guy that i was there with um from home which was he was a bit older he's seen the whole wave and I remember looking when I when I stood up and went to grab Morale, and I've never gone so got pushed so fast down a wave. And I remember looking at him for some reason, I just locked eyes with him. And he was in the channel. <laughs> and I just froze like a deer in headlights. Yeah. And I just I couldn't pull up to get in it. And I just went straight. And when I went straight, I thought, yeah, I've outran it. I'm good. The way it's Broken. It's good. The thing literally landed on the back of my board and just threw me and cartwheeled me. I remember just doing like five cartwheels, sucked over the falls, hit the bottom, but I was fine. Like I didn't get injured. And I paddled back out, and my mate was just like hands on the head,
2: go What the
1: fuck are you doing? You just <laughs> blew the best wave of the morning. I was oh. just, and I remember looking and just going, Yeah, I did. Like I literally just, like all I did is pull up and I would have just got the most amazing barrel but i was so freaked out and it was just too much and just panicked and just the overload yeah and i just got creased and that was that was my first wave at pipe legit wave and uh yeah obviously i i do remember the first couple of ways i got out there and i just it was just always so big you know everything was just there's so much room i just remember that you know but yeah pretty amazing amazing place
0: so what was your, you obviously grew up with like intentions of being on the, like the actual CT. Yeah. When did that focus sort of shift to going in the big wave sort of surfing?
1: When I wasn't getting the results, I was pretty shit in smaller waves. And, and a lot of the competitions were in small waves. Yeah. Um, I had Quicksilver at the time and that was when the crossing just started and they sort of gave me the opportunity to chase the free surfing route and got invited on some really cool trips and you know obviously they they had a house over there at the time and we just kind of they they just could see that i was better at at, you know the big wave stuff the big wave stuff and free surfing and and then it just kind of evolved from there and the waves got bigger and came home and realized that we've got some of the craziest waves in the world in my backyard in australia and and that's when you know i I had i think i was around 18 19 when i first went down to ship cerns and it was really publicized place you know like um one of the heaviest craziest waves on the planet and i was like well you know i'm spending a lot of time in hawaii i may as well give it a crack and i remember the first time i went down there and it was just like still to this day one of the best best what like the best days i've ever seen there mm. and um end up surfing with like two other guys out i was there with kobe abadam when you know when he was in his prime surfing those sort of waves a lot mm. and uh it was crazy end up getting one of the best waves of my life and first surf out there was um got second in uh the ride of the year oh and really? that kind of yeah that kind of started the the whole big wave surfing
0: and then that that was almost i guess like a bit of a light bulb moment i was like okay yeah this can be my thing now
1: yeah i don't think i had a choice then it was like yeah you know i was shit in small ways i couldn't qualify so if i wanted to surf for a living you know that was my that was my calling you know that was where i had to go and i was willing to do anything it took to uh to surf for a living just keep the dream alive keep the dream alive how (laughs) heavy of a dude is kobe um, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, Pretty he's, full on He was pretty full on, yeah He's, uh, yeah he, he was always really nice to me and stuff like that But I'm, you know, I'm sure he could throw his weight around when he wanted to and stuff
0: But, yeah, yeah. He's I, I think I think
1: the whole image of that got a bit blown, blown out, out yeah.
0: yeah, I think um, he's probably like an example of what I was talking about Of a guy that's just running from demons And it's like if the wheels fall off while he's doing it, then so be it yeah, but that's yeah. obviously from a super outside perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Because um, he just seems like he's not scared of anything.
1: No, not back like back then. Yeah, he was he was pretty a pretty gnarly dude. Like especially in those sort of waves, you know, like he was considered like the craziest guy in the in those slab waves and like he had the send button. He just press it whenever he wanted. Yeah, well, yeah, that's like that whole crew, like Mark Matthews and Kobe and and that whole Sydney career around the cape slander wave yeah um that's where you know surfing in in big waves in in australia we were considered you know like slab guys so slab waves are obviously waves that break on pretty much nothing nothing and uh it's really unique because nowhere else in the world has waves like that and um
0: so is australia that unique for slabs like that you don't really find them that where and what what do you think that is just the way our coastline is with like the that super deep water to then just like those that almost like continental shelf right
1: yeah exactly like a lot of our waves go from you know 40 50 meters deep to like a 12 15 foot shelf and and, you know obviously ship sterns it's you know you got the atlantic uh, big storms coming in from you know way up the top that scoop down and uh, they get some of the biggest swells in the world and and then all that you know all that energy is focusing straight on this small shelf and the same as you know down south um western australia the place called the riot yeah you know that's what uh, you know big wave surfing was when i grew up is that we're surfing these waves that were never really surf they haven't they've only been surfed you know when i first surfed them for probably you know eight ten years before that or not even you know and so it was really fresh like people just didn't think it was achievable to surf these spots and you know i had friends that found that place called the right and it was it's the biggest craziest scariest wave in the world and yeah um, so that's the one that you rate is that's the king kong of slabs yeah yeah, for sure i mean it doesn't get any bigger crazier than that wave and and so yeah there was a lot of stuff that we learned along the way you know we didn't have the inflatable vest surfing that sort of spot and you know that's where I had that near drowning, and uh, we're so we just using deep... wakeboard vest to yeah, try to come right. up. And how then...
0: deep is the right there for you to almost drown? Like it's deep, obviously deep enough to where you'd you'd want a vest. Not oh, like, for sure. Because yeah. hey, what's the depth like compared to Jaws? Because is Jaws deeper? Like it breaks in deeper water? Um, yeah. So before our before <laughs> our interruption, we we're talking about the the right and the way that it breaks, like the water versus jaws so you're saying jaws is yeah gradual
1: yeah so the the shelf at jaws is is gradual whereas the right's obviously like it's 40 50 meters deep comes in hits this crazy shallow shelf which allows the wave just to go square you know and um the thing with it though is that because it goes deep straight after the shelf um what i've figured out (laughs) was that when you fall if you get washed over the back ledge of it 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 starts to spin you get these crazy like turbine things underwater you know like yeah wild and so i fell off on a wave and was literally pinned on the shelf and i pushed up and started running off it because i was like flat and i didn't want to stay on the shelf so i started running and i literally ran off the back of the ledge it was like felt like Base jumping or something, I jumped and it was the worst thing I could have done because when I got off the so shelf, so you jumped off the back. I got dragged off it, like put the pressure was pushing down on me, and I was I got to my feet. I, I didn't, I felt like I didn't want to stay on the shelf for some reason in case there was another one behind it that hit directly and where then I you was. Got smushed
0: onto it, pretty much.
1: Yeah, exactly. It just would have been a bad spot to be in. So I just ran off the back of the ledge. I didn't really know where I was. I just knew that I was on a dry shelf. So I just ran and it pushed me off the back. And I felt like I literally just jumped off a cliff. And then I just started getting sucked down into these fucking crazy, like turbine jet things underwater that were just pushing me further down and further down to the point where I knew I was deep because I had to equalize like three times, you know? So what's that, like 30 feet or or meters? No, no. Yeah, that's like 30. So it's like 10 meters, right? Per roughly. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. And so I knew I was deep because I, I can I've got a max dive depth when I go spearing of like I can do 25 all day, but if I go 30 like I'm pretty I can get pretty gassed you know yeah like, and I can't stay down there for that long, which is pretty long um, you know pretty deep and uh, and so I knew I was deep when you know I, I had to equalize that many times and I was already kind of pushed on the bottom of the shelf and that's you know and then we just had these you know jet pilot, inflatable things that we used to wear that foam you know they weren't like proper air yeah tags like like a wakeboard vest exactly and uh so they didn't really do all that much you know and so yeah it was gnarly i got i had to kind of fight my way to get up to the surface or get further towards the surface and get instead of getting spun down because i was under for two waves and then i just kept grabbing these like these things to try to push myself up so when you right like direction? close to the ledge, I got pushed off the back of the ledge. So I had no idea where I was. I'm just oh, so I, but, so what were you grabbing? So obviously underwater, when you fall off, I keep saying obviously like you should know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, last time yeah. I was <laughs> right. I just fucking nailed every wave. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. So when you fall off, you try to kind of like direct yourself like you were swimming or doing breaststroke. You. If you use your hand, you go in the right direction. Yeah. So you can kind of do that underwater when you fall off. You know, there's a lot of water moving. You're knowing where
0: north is, so you're trying to just yeah. I kind of knew where the surface.
1: I know where the surface is in that direction because I've got my vest trying to bring me up a bit. I'm trying to go with it and try to fight to get to the surface. Yeah. And because I was so deep, I had to do that because it kept like I'd gain sort of momentum coming up. And then if I got it wrong, and or if another surge came over on top of me, it just pulled me back down. I'd done that like two, three times, and I literally on the third one I just stopped swimming. I'm like, I'm done. I'm gonna black out. And then finally, I felt like everything started settling down. I knew that there was a break in the in in the in the waves, or you know, because I'd already copped. I fell on probably the second second wave of the set. And I knew there was probably like four waves in the set. I got another one on the head, which was obviously pulling me back down a lot underwater. And then when it started calming off, I knew that I could, you know, by the third time of getting dragged back down that I could. Yeah, you figure that the figure's over. That was it. You know, this is my moment to get up. But at that stage I was already gassed, you know, I was like, shit's getting in pretty the red bad. Zone, yeah. So I started swimming up, I got started getting good momentum. Probably done like fifteen strokes like slow long strokes which is a lot and then the body started convulsing bad really yeah like really bad to the point where I was like when your body goes through that so
0: what exactly is happening there
1: that's your body like that's Start not you die, that's basically. not you freaking it's not dying it's just running out of air it's running yeah. out of oxygen so it's like um that's where your diaphragm will kick in because if you have got a strong diaphragm what will happen to your body It'll like make you breathe. Right? It'll make you breathe. Like yeah. you, like I was getting to the point where my my mouth I had shut, but I was sucking water in without like mindfully doing trying it. to do it. Fuck that. And so like, at one point I was literally like holding my mouth because I was starting to suck a fair bit of water in, and the convulse the convulsions I had at the start were. I over, I'd probably overrode like one. And then the second one, I started taking the water. I knew by the third, like by the three, because I'd, I'd train, like I'd get like one urge in convulsion and then like maybe two. By the third, like I never really pushed it past two, you know, like two was like, oh, you know, that that's pushing it a bit. So I knew after the second one and the water was starting to thin. So I kind of got it like a bit of a mental sort of like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I must be getting close. And that's when I knew I was deep because I, I felt the change of the water pressure. Yeah, like the actual
0: pressure of yeah. the water on your Yeah, body. on my yeah. face. Like yeah. I could feel it. And yeah. like
1: it, things were getting more airy. Like, and it's like, okay, I must be getting pretty close. But that could
0: still be 10 meters. That could be still 10 yeah.
1: meters. So I was like, don't get too excited. Like, and then by this stage, because I thought I was going to drown, like, I don't know, 15 strokes ago. I was like, I'm still here. I'm still like conscious. But then, like, the th- when the third one kicked, I don't remember breaking the surface. Yeah. And I just came up right next to my mate on the ski. It was just like, I couldn't even jump on the ski because I was, like,
0: "You're gone pretty gone, much. Gone, yeah. Like yeah. I've got
1: photos of it, actually, this guy. This photographer was right there on a the ski, and I literally, where I fell off was where I came up. So I'd done a whole circle of the whole reef really bizarre like almost to like where you let go of the rope at the start of the reef, so it went around the whole thing came up and I was just like
3: yeah
0: we did rattled. were you pretty conscious when you came like you didn't lose consciousness or
1: ah, uh, it's it was like I don't really remember the last bit of it and I was starting to swim sideways so I knew I was getting I was on weird. the urge of yeah. blacking out yeah and then when I broke the surface I just remember like like kind of i knew i was at the surface but i wasn't coherent like i yeah. couldn't i couldn't do much and yeah you're then, just
0: that that done
1: and it took me like a you know i don't know four or five breaths to like yeah okay i'm good i can like move
0: is it almost like um have you ever been pro- properly put to sleep in jiu-jitsu yeah is yeah. it almost not, not
1: in class but i've like my mates, just like mates and shit like <laughs> yeah
0: is it almost <laughs> like that where you sort of like uh you, even you're about to tap and then you just go like you just sort of you just drip but you think you're there but you're sort of not there
1: i think it's obviously like, it's a yeah, way more extreme yeah, version it's, but
0: it's like that last little bit where you actually think yeah you think you're all good and you can like yeah i've like had like reach to like tap somebody's leg and you're just like like in the middle of it and you, you just think you're there the whole time
1: yeah i it's uh it's probably a bit it's not as abrupt like it's not like oh, I'm here quick, yeah. and you're gone you know yeah. like you know that you're about to go you, you know, like things start happening the body's like giving you so many warning signals like breathe what, bro. Are what are you doing like yeah there's bells and whistles going off everywhere but um so if it was yeah. like a car dash it'd just be lit up oh yeah the thing's just going <laughs> ham it's like
2: fuck, what's going check, on? check oil uh, check
1: oil
0: <laughs> Tire pressures are gone yeah everything's Fuel going on. lights on yeah The steering starts shaking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. I just can't. Like, when you were telling that story, like, I've had one sketchy moment surfing where, like, it was just really big and it was dark. I couldn't get a wave in. I got exploded, and then I got held down for two waves down in San Diego at Blacks. Yeah. And I was on the bottom there. And i can't like for what i would have been feeling and like the situation i was in compared to that yeah how like i come up so rattled from that situation like to go through what you went through like i'm in my mind when you're telling that story i'm like going back to that day at blacks and i'm just like whoa yeah it was um like
1: even for me i was like yeah it was it kind of rattled me for a while but um it's all part of it and that was that was probably the worst one that i've had for sure
0: so was that uh then like a bit of a turning point for you to like get super deep into the whole breath training side of it oh for sure yeah so it's almost like a blessing in disguise really for sure yeah you know like you gotta learn from your
1: you know your you know your experiences and i learned from that one and i just wanted to be a weapon at holding my breath yeah and um and so obviously that was a huge part of the training and stuff that i that i do and but like in all honesty, man you um you get better the more wipeouts you have you know the more crashes you have the better you get at them yep. But you just don't want to have them too much um especially you know when they're that bad
0: especially too like you're gonna have in any sport in any discipline of i guess doing something with any risk it's not if it's when so i guess you can't be naive to the risk and go like oh fuck i just won't crash because like that's not your choice
1: oh you have to crash
0: yeah and the crazy
1: part about I feel the crazy part about extreme sports as a whole is that when does it end you know like oh. I feel like the levels get pushed so much to the point where like I don't know where you go from there you know like and and but they do it are keeps you feeling evolving. that in
0: surfing now? um I feel like that was a thing until you guys started paddling and then it's almost like there was a barrier and then you did start paddling jaws and doing the paddle stuff and now it's like a whole new thing again to where like resets to where you're like well how far can this go
1: well yeah exactly and even for me you know like I definitely feel like I'm not the young guy anymore like I'm I'm in that sort of older realm and there's young guys coming through that I look at and I'm like whoa
0: who are some of those young kids on the road are you
1: uh there's a brazilian kid who just won the nazare contest um he's he's gnarly he's probably like he's the sort of guy you do look at and he's just like like he's not scared to die yeah one bit he's doing stuff that he's kind of back where you guys were yeah
0: yeah but but even like like more
1: more like
0: Isn't it crazy that it's like you kind of maybe this is what it is, is to where it's like you get that wave, right? And then the levels at here and then you get a group of guys that that go through that ego transition into that self-awareness transition and then it slows down for them. And then when the bar's been here, then you get those kids that come up and they're driven by ego. And then it's like that ego, not scared to die, I can take it to here. Yeah. And then they hit that self-awareness button. For sure. And then they're like, fuck, I don't know how much further I can go. And then that next generation of kids comes along. And then it's like, it's sort of, you've got to be in that not scared ego phase to kind of push the limit.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I feel like extreme sports, that realm that we're talking about, that young push like reckless realm is like, that's the realm that will stay relative to push the sport, yeah. and that older sort of like wise guy, I feel like might get a bit pushed more pushed out. Yeah, in, in the, I'm talking like the future of yeah. extreme sports. I feel like the time frame of you in that extreme sport and pushing that sport will be limited a lot more. Yeah, and it won't be such a long period. Um, because of how hard these guys are coming in and pushing the sport at, at each different level. You know, especially when this, once a bar's already here, you know, to go, to keep pushing it, it's, you know, you have to be in that state to yeah. do that.
0: Well, that's what I look at. Um, me and Matty McFerrin have had this conversation about freestyle. So there was a point Well, I think, I don't know if surfing is going to have this, but I think with motocross, right, or the freestyle side of things is that when the generation of kids that's killing it now, like the Harry Binks, the Josh Sheahans, what was the bar to them was like a backflip yeah, and a backflip heel clicker. And that's like pretty attainable. Like I could do a backflip on a bike yes. in terms of physical skill. Like I, I've never done it, but I, I bet that if I had a drive to do it and I pushed and I had a foam pit and all the bullshit – I could go and do a backflip. I don't fucking ever want to. Yes. But physically, it's could, not that it's crazy. Tenable. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, and then you had those kids like Harry. And, and I mean, you can even do a backflip without all that bullshit, without yep. the safety nets. People do it. But then now the kids that are watching the Harry Binks and stuff like that, like to get into freestyle now, like the level is like a stock standard deal is a double backflip. Like you're not landing a double, like, even a guy that has a skill like that's such a huge mental barrier and a physical barrier like you've got to have the right ramps you've got to like that's just to get to like the level yeah the starting point of like freestyle now so i think that i don't think surfing has that because the waves are kind of always going to be the waves and i think that it's you don't need the equipment and it's i don't know like i think it's a bit of a different deal but you look at yeah I, I I,
1: i feel like yes and no though because there's, yeah, the waves get this big and you surf it, right? Yeah. But now, like, guys are, for Mavericks' example, the young Brazilian, no one even looked at the left. Yeah, right. Right. So he comes in and he all of a sudden just starts hucking lefts and, and literally backdoor Which is right
0: him. into the rocks, right?
1: Yeah. It, it, well, if you fall, you're in the worst spot ever because it, it'll literally drag you in the rocks, but it'll also recycle you. And you won't, you're just basically stuck in this vortex right on the peak. It's, yeah, it'd be really bad to kind of fall on a big one, especially on the left. But, you know, he's hucking left, he's going right. He's trying, you know, cutbacks and like, you know, so it's kind of like you're sitting back just going, fuck, what's, you know, yeah. <laughs> this is wild. And um,
3: That's even for
1: wild men to say this is wild. Yeah, but then like, so where's... The next generation, like the younger guys, they're gonna to have to look at that yeah. and go, "If we're not doing that, then we're gonna feel irrelevant." Yeah. Especially because they're in that like probably ego stage. Yeah, they're like, "We're gonna to have to do that." You know, if we don't, then we're, you know,
0: what are we trying to achieve? A, you like, can't even get a start.
1: You want to be the best, you know. You don't want to just be like hanging on, going, "Oh yeah, I'm just, just, you know, just able to be out here." Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, it's um. i I feel like they're all pretty relevant you know Mm. fmx freestyle all that sort of stuff you know there's a baseline yeah an un you know unwritten baseline that you need to kind of achieve
0: and i I just think that that baseline is just gonna get way harder to even to get a start yeah and like because a big problem that you guys are having now is like fucking yahoo's just going out to mavericks with no safety crew no real experience and it's kind of creating a bit of chaos in and i'd bet probably because of the life the suits you know the vest that you guys have now like an average kind of guy not an average i mean you're still a pretty bit of a gnarly dude to even go out there but you might not have the skills uh that are the same size as your nuts in a way oh for sure
1: i mean big wave surfing has just gotten so popular because I'm sure that it's got something to do with the vest. You know, it's Mm. just like a safety net that you never used to have. You know, like if every, if everyone went out without safety vest on, it'd just be a completely different game. Um, I feel like, yeah, obviously it's been a great thing, but it's also been a bit of a curse too. You know, the lineups in these spots are super crowded. You know, there's guys that that are out there that probably shouldn't be out there that, you know, want to, go down to the local bar and show their mates a photo of them yeah <laughs> you know getting hooked on a 20 footer or something yeah. but um i mean it's just like
0: it is what it is you can't really yeah you just i guess you concentrate just be, on yourself yeah, you're gonna be getting angry at a thing you can't change I guess. yeah exactly but i guess it, it does show that people are wanting to i guess get amongst a sport that was just Man, there's a handful of people on the planet when, not, when it started yeah. that would even think about doing it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I feel like too, a hard, I feel like a hard thing would be is to, you know, once you're at a level and you're pushing yourself and, and you're achieving that level of, you know, uh, surfing bigger ways or competing or whatever, I feel like it's very hard to, when you get older, to want to keep doing it at not such a high level. Yeah. Like, like, like I know it sounds weird, but like just to go out and just kind of catch a few waves or something mm-hmm. like it. For me, I feel like when I'm out there, you've got to be in that kind of state in where like, yeah, like, you know, fucking let's do this. Like it's on. I feel like if you weren't in that state and you're like, oh yeah, I don't really care. You know, I just I might catch a wave, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've been thinking of, of that, you know, like, um, am I going to want to be still surfing big waves if I'm not hungry for it? Yeah, um, yeah. And I feel like, yeah, that, that that for me is like something that I look at and just go, I, I don't have the answer. I'm just yeah, kind of yeah, like, yeah. No, no. I'm just yeah, kind of getting deep at like, wonder what that feeling is like. But I look so at like I look what- at guys like Dorian, and he's like. I feel like he was doing his best surfing like two years ago mm. and he was, you know, he was 41 or something. Yeah. Um, which is pretty wild. You know, you look at that and you kind of inspire to know that you can kind of keep pushing those boundaries um, because big wave surfing is all about calculated risk, getting the right waves, not having too big an ego where you're going to go a shit wave and blow your shoulder out or get yeah. a career ending injury or something like that, you know? So yeah
0: well I guess it comes down to like we sort of got there before in a way and then veered off a bit yeah. but it's like the reason you do it and it's like do you know the reason you do it now is yeah. it is it more than a job like is there a soul fulfilling thing that comes out of it because I think that if you to go with kind of what you were saying is like to keep wanting to keep do it it has to serve a legitimate purpose, purpose. in your life yeah so it's like if the purpose is a job and to make money and you know what I mean to have like a career like there's a I think that's one of the problems that people have just in general is like when you're not working on something that's your passion then it becomes super confusing because there's a million ways to make money there's a million jobs there's a million university degrees there's a million TAFE courses there's a million random things you could do to make money so it's like I think that's why people get lost when it does come to like oh i don't like my job what am i doing blah 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 it's because like there's options when that's the thing but it's like when it's your passion it becomes easier because you don't have a lot of passions so it's like you know what i mean what is that why do you do this
1: i feel like too for me there's no way i could have got to where i've got with not loving it and and it being a passion Mm. i feel like the hardest thing is to understand why you do it on a deeper level too. Yeah. You know, what do you actually get from it? And so for me, I look at it and I always feel like a better person when I come in. Like if I go out for a surf, it's humbling. You know, you learn something about yourself. You challenge yourself. Um, You get humbled. Like there's so many different elements that go with surfing big waves that make Make you a better person. Yeah, that I like about it. You know, you learn a lot about yourself. Um, you know, so yeah, you know, probably at some points of my career, I was doing it uh, solely because you know, not solely, but I was doing it because it. there was you know, an income it was a job. Um, you know, I liked it. Um, I was good. At, I felt like I was quite good at it, which is a good feeling. Yeah, but it you've got to search sometimes of why you do it and especially you know at points in your career when you get tested where you know either sponsorships leave you or you've got to grind it out for a bit or you know just you have a bad wipeout and it really fucking rattles you um so I feel like at some point of your career you've got to look at it at it on a deeper level and understand why you do it and and you do have to put your ego inside and go, well, okay, you know, where would I be without it? Yeah, true. And so there has for sure been moments where I've had to do a fair bit of soul searching and go, why do I do this? What do I get from it? You know, how's it affected me to this date? And, you know, realistically, you, I am who I am because of it. You yeah. know, like I feel like, you know, without,
0: doing that I wouldn't be who I am you know yeah and then I think though do you have to get to the point where it's like I wouldn't be who I am without this but I'm not just this yes yeah exactly yeah like not because that's why I think it's hard for people to retire because all when they do retire it's a safety net to keep going back to it Yeah. yeah because it's like they haven't really established that relationship with themselves, if that wasn't if surfing wasn't there or if motocross wasn't there, like Ryan Dungey, man, like he he was on the podcast and like like trying to push, like dude, what's next? And he's like, he legitimately didn't know. And I felt bad. I was like, fuck, like you've you've given it your is, life to this, and then you haven't taken the time to separate. It's like church it, and state, or you know what it, I mean. It is really hard,
1: and and I feel like it's an important thing to get across the line because you know everyone looks at athletes and go oh man they're so lucky like this is amazing but you have to be so selfish driven and know what you want from it and you can't be hustling and doing three things on the side and feel like you're going for a world title or you're going to push a sport it just doesn't happen unless you're like literally you got the blinkers on and you're focusing purely on that then you can't have like three business ventures going and you can't be supporting, you know, a foundation that you're super, you know, pumped involved on with. involved with. Yeah, it's, it just doesn't happen like that, you know. So, I feel like when something does end pretty abruptly, or you have a career-ending injury, you know, a lot of these, you know, it's hard. People go through depression, and you get lost, and it's it's not a fun place to be in, and um, it takes a while to find yourself again i feel and um and it doesn't matter who it is that's just reality Mm. because you you've been so focused and driven on one thing and when it stops you've got to find that fulfillment in other ways yeah and um and it doesn't happen overnight and you can't do that if you're at if you're a high level athlete you can't just go oh yeah that's stopped and now i've just drifted into this and it just fills every single void that i want it's all good
0: like it's just like well, it was crazy. I was watching. Um, do you ever, do you ever get like you get an NFL or anything like that? Not the NFL, no.
1: No, I, I mean I went to a Chargers and Raiders game. That would have been pretty sick. It was, it was interesting.
0: Yeah, <laughs> where, where was it? Oakland or San Diego?
1: No, I was in San Diego. Yeah, Oakland um, fans are
0: fucking out there,
1: mate. It was, it was funny. Like I was pretty hungover, and we were sitting on the wrong side of the stadium. The San Diego is was... a good town to be keen for a drink there's a lot going on oh there was heaps going on yeah and we had way too much to drink the night before we got tickets we, we were there we we're sitting on the wrong side of the stadium it was just baking hot and we we're right in the middle of these raiders fans <laughs> and i was with a friend that was kind of like a little bit trendy you know like yeah and, yeah. and they're not that sort of crowd yeah and we're just like in the middle of these kind of he's gangster right bla- ra- he's wearing yeah. a blazer and a fucking scarf <laughs> yeah not that trendy but like you know what i mean we yeah. kind of stuck out and uh and the raiders fans were kind of i I feel like yeah and so the raiders fans were just diehards you know but they were really bad yeah i don't even think they got a score on the board oh yeah that that really they were pissed and there was like remember going to the food line or something like that and there was like a fight that broke out with Chargers fans and raiders fans and (laughs) I was hungover. I'm like, what the fuck is this all about? You know, and the game was really slow. I didn't realize that they had a oh, lot of stock, so much off time, a lot of off time, you know? And so I was just like,
0: yeah, I, I never really got into it just because I didn't know the game that well either. Yeah, so. you, you definitely, like, yeah, there's an understanding that has to go with it because there's not a lot of actual, like, snap time, you know what I mean? No. But um, it was funny, like, why I brought it up. There's a, uh, they do, dude, you should watch a couple of them. It's called A Football Life. and there's a ton of them on um just on youtube so i'll just watch them every now and again and um this dude chris cardi is a hall of famer and um he was saying like in this thing where he retired and he's like well you just gotta know that once you leave the nfl your life will never be that good again yeah exactly like he, he knew that yeah and it was so blunt to where he was saying like he's like man people don't want to hear it but that's the top he's like that's as good as it's ever gonna get yeah and your life can never be better than when you've got the touchdown record of the nfl he's like that's the best it can be and i was like i was like fuck is that sad or is that amazing you know what i mean and it's like but it's right people don't want to hear it and like i had one comment on um one of the like the dungy thing where they're like oh spoiled athlete listen to this you know like your life was fucking sick but it's super easy to say that from the outside oh yeah looking in but I mean, there is a dude like I've I've spent time around Dunge a lot to the point where I would have, leave shoots with him going like, fuck him. Like but it was not it was not out of him being an asshole. It's like that's how dedicated that dude was. And he won nine titles in his career. That Hall of Fame career, like one of the best careers ever. And then it stopped, like literally stopped. Yeah. And then he's just he had no time to breathe. Or think about anything else it was just it's over
1: it's gnarly and uh i've been kind of fortunate you know big wave surfing is we make peanuts and so i've always had to have something like little going on and i
0: guess your schedule's not like requiring no it's not like
1: five events all structured you know the tour only came about like four years ago yeah and so you know obviously to prepare for these days you always had to be ready You know, to surf big waves and when the swells came and stuff. So that was hard because you always had to be ready no matter what. Um, But yeah, it wasn't very structured. You know, so I was kind of lucky that I've been able to to focus on some other stuff. Yeah. But yeah, like it's very easy to say athletes got the best life ever, but you know, there's a lot of dedication. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it, and and when those when it does switch off, and and, you know, you, you don't get a th- hundred messages in your inbox and like, you yeah. know, like all these things, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard, you know? And, um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you kind of have the right expectations and, and know that, you know, I, I've, yeah, I I feel like there's a lot to learn from it and good and bad. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely a hard transition. I think for a lot of people, for sure.
0: Yeah. when, you were saying that you want to do some like talks and stuff like that are you working on that kind of stuff
1: yeah i've been i've actually been doing a bit of keynote stuff lately yeah it's fun it, it actually gives me the same buzz as as you know getting ready to to go you know surf big waves because it's so foreign to me you know um yep. i've never been getting it's that uncomfortable it's uncomfortable for sure yeah and just knowing that you can screw it up you know, knowing that you're speaking to people that are really intelligent and they're gonna pick up on any, any sort of little screw up that you do, I'm super fresh to it. Um, you know, I've, I've only really kind of just started and I've, I'm doing that because I do have a good story to tell and, you know, there are certain things that I've learned in my sport that can correlate, yeah. you know, to professional jobs and people that are, you know, doctors or whatever, you know, if, if you structure it right, Um, around fear and you know commitment preparation all those sort of things and and so i'm just kind of you know looking into that and um yeah like i said it's it's pretty scary but you know once you do one you finish it you're like yeah it kind of it does it gives you a, a bit of a buzz and um
0: it's yeah it pays pretty well too what made you get into that uh because I guess there's always got to be like a spark, you know what I mean, for an idea to be like, you know, I could, I could do that.
1: Well, Mark Matthews does it. Ah, he's a good right friend of mine, and yeah. you know he he's um, living here now, eh? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I was, I saw you know the injury that that occurred to him when you know he pretty he, much nearly lost his leg. Yeah. And he's been doing the corporate stuff for a while, and were you with him that day that he did that? I was. I was about to go on the trip. Like I just canceled um, yeah, right. like two days before it and it was a Red Bull shoot and I wasn't really involved in the shoot. So I, I just, I canned it. Um, and yeah, like heard about what happened like that day and I was just kind of couldn't really get my head around it. Like, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's uh, spoke to his his partner and she's like, yeah, he could potentially lose his leg. And did he get compartment syndrome or something? Or is that what it was? Uh, or
0: what, 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 why did he almost lose his leg? The
1: whole capsule spun 180 degrees and ruptured a, an artery, got internal bleeding and um, tore everything off the bone. And yeah, literally had to get Maddie back to the, the hospital for, from what I believe. And yeah, literally had an open wound cause I couldn't obviously stitch it up yeah. from the pressure. And yeah, it was gnarly. Like And, and to see obviously someone that I, I surf with regularly you know, in big ways, and, head and you ways. know his
0: skill level, and you know yeah. his preparation.
1: Well, and just to see the sort of wave that it happened on was like, it was pretty minor compared to what we have surfed together. And you know, to see that, you know, I'm like, geez, man, I've got to kind of like focus on something else a little bit more mm. um, to to make sure that there is some sort of safety net there. And then, obviously, to see, you know, what he gets from the the corporate speaking, and you know, we've both got obviously our own stories to tell. Yeah. And, and so I'm, I'm kind of focusing a bit on that as, as well. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's like I said, it's still pretty fresh, but yeah, I'll see where it goes. And if I keep enjoying it, I'll keep doing it. But if it's not a passion, then I'll be over it. And what sort of stuff are you kind of talking about? Is it mainly that, it's I
0: overcoming fear? and
1: It's preparation, fear, and also overcoming adversity. Yeah. You know, certain things that happen um, in my career and, and still are happening and and you know how i kind of changed it and and got over mental barriers and hurdles and stuff like that um you know obviously that happens in in everyday life and especially you know people that are in high positions in the corporate world they have to go through that probably on the same sort of level but obviously in a different realm in a different realm you know we're kind of doing it within elements of nature and and um you know stuff that can potentially kill you and they're doing it where they've got huge consequences of you know people's money and and whatnot so especially with
0: doctors like you can kill people too like you know the risk is kind of on another person which has got to be pretty heavy
1: yeah yeah exactly you know they've got you know yeah it's it's it is a lot more relevant than what you think yeah for sure i think
0: just i think just in, in general is like there's so many types of fear too That I think that when you talk about fear, you go straight to that like, should I take off on this wave, yes or no, kind of, um, or should I, you know, do this jump on a bike? That is fear. But I think that there's so many different levels of fear that I think people need to, I guess, like acknowledge and be like, oh, okay, I'm super scared of that. You're scared for a reason. Like your body is yeah. getting you scared for a reason. It's not that's like, like a
1: survival fight or flight yeah. kind of fear. But like there's processes around making sure that you make the right decision because of that that fear element coming in to basically give you the warning that that could potentially yeah. harm you. You know, like, and I feel like those processes of dealing with that fear element is super important. Mm. Not just to go, oh, I'm I'm scared ah oh, screw it it's just like a little thing that your body's telling you let's go jump yeah. it <laughs> yeah yeah you know
0: what i mean like but then i think there's a fear of like fear of failing fear of looking stupid in front of your mates fear of what people's perception of you is going to be and i think that that's a harder one to navigate in yeah, a way. True. you know yeah. what i mean and i think that yeah I, I think that you kind of throw a blanket over the term fear or not you but we all as a society throw this blanket thing of, like, a bear's running at you. Like, I'm fucking booking it <laughs> out of here. Like, that is yeah. fear, but that's one dimension of fear. And I think that the other stuff's harder to get over. Like, the what are people going to think of me? What are, you know, what's my parents going to say? Like, because I think, you know, a lot of people, it's such an uncomfortable feeling that it is easier just to go, Yeah, I just won't deal with that. You know what I mean? So yeah, exactly. So it's like, do you... Do you, I guess, like teach processes then, to, with like how you've got around the physical fear, and do you think that that's something that people can like kind of apply to the other fears in their life?
1: The only thing I can do is to relate my experiences of fear yeah. to them. Yeah, I'm not a fear expert. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not smart enough to navigate their fears to what I do. I just tell my story and how I've basically dealt with the processes of fear within my line of work and if they can take something from that yeah and be smart enough to go oh shit that's kind of similar to what i deal with like maybe yeah. i could try to try that process i'm not trying to go look this is what you have to do to deal with fear yeah like i'm a expert at fear like do this like there's no way i'd get lost yeah i'd get up there and just
0: be like because it's all shit. so down to the individual
1: it's very individual yeah exactly and i feel like The only thing I can do is tell my story. And if they can relate to it and learn something from it, then that's great.
0: Well, I think like... like, And it's
1: interesting for them. It's so left field. Yeah, for sure. You know, they're not used to hearing people like myself talk, you know, so...
0: Well, I don't think people are used to hearing people like you talk about being scared. Because that's the thing I think that people will... um, I mean, even for me, like before I started filming with athletes and because I get to see that I've documented the process of people overcoming fear for the last 10 years. Yes. And it's like the common thing is they're all scared. And I think that before I started, I guess, the process of like legitimately documenting guys like yourself overcome fear, I thought, oh, he's just got massive nuts and isn't scared of anything. Where it's quite the opposite. It's that you guys are just the guys that are scared And have figured out a way around it to get the job done. It still scares you, but you've had the goal and you've said, okay, this is how I navigate this fear to get the result I want.
1: Especially within that field. Like you might have guys that are fearless on a motorbike or fearless in big ways. But if you try to, you know, throw them in front of people, they can't talk. Yeah, You know, like for me, I'm dealing with a whole different feeling of fear you know, to what I'm used to, you know, with surfing bigger waves. And I feel like kind of that is secretly driving me more towards doing a bit more of it because it's kind of like, where can I get that bit of a buzz that I get from surfing
0: big waves?
3: Well, and you know, the,
0: you know, the reward that comes with doing it, doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Harry Bink was a cool one on the podcast because he talked a lot about just saying, yes, 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 yes. To like these things that scare him. And then you develop this relationship with fear and yourself to where it's like almost a positive. It's like yes. you know that this good thing comes out of being scared. So like just, yeah, let's just do it. Yes. And it's almost like fear is the first thing and then you get through it and then you get the reward. Whereas people avoid the fear or and the, avoid you know, the reward and then they'll chase a reward somewhere without else. Without the fear, yeah. yeah. It
1: it, yeah the two kind of... I think there's a happy medium too, you know, like to also... to understand that that fear is there for a reason yeah and if you just keep saying yes 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 yeah without understanding you know the consequences the the consequences of that fear and the processes of dealing with that fear then yeah you can find yourself in a bit of trouble you know you can make one decision that could that could really fuck you up and and your career just because you've said yep i'm doing it yeah i've got it but if you don't yeah if you, pay don't, attention. if you don't pay attention you yeah. can kind of yeah well i think you on
0: the ass a bit there's i i think though you know you get those people where um the the fear is not like that physical thing and i think where i think everyone kind of like the ice bath for example yeah like i don't think people would say i'm scared to get in there but that thing that pushes back for getting in there in the first place that's fear oh for sure and you might be able to call it something else or like i don't want to be cold but i don't want is like i'm scared of being cold so it's like yeah. you know <laughs> people need to readjust their language of fear and yeah if you i think that if you really analyze just the everyday like we're not talking big waves or motocross or anything like that now it's like if you really analyze the things that you're scared of like you're scared of a lot in life as oh, yeah. the average guy and it's like oh i don't want to go for a run today because my legs are sore well you're scared of having sore legs you're scared of going for a run you're you're that's fear so i think that yeah it's just interesting to really like if you can admit to yourself all the shit you're scared of in your life (laughs) then it becomes you'd be like the yes man yeah and i think that's (laughs) yeah well i think that's more where you know that process of harry is like yeah. yes to to those things that they're, they're inconsequential in terms of a physical consequence yes but it's still something you're scared of and i think that we're we're super smart in the way that we intellectualize to where we Mate don't your, want to call it fear
1: well yeah you make yourself feel better for yep. not sugarcoating the fear element yeah exactly
0: so oh, i've got the i've got a bit of a flu coming on i mightn't jump in the ice bath or like dude i know, yeah i do that anything shit. anything yeah well that's like ricky said to me the other day she's like oh you might be getting sick and i'm like no i'm not <laughs> and i'm you know like you just you can. got well i think once you can it's powerful once you start playing games with yourself oh for sure and turning that shit because i man it's so easy to succumb and just you know be the little sausage dog that rolls on his belly and it's just like no nah, it's yeah. all good like the full submission roll, yeah but it's like if you can, yeah turn it into a game and like really fuck with yourself and see if you can again for the inconsequential stuff that yes. you're scared of because i'm not saying go surf big waves because you're a pussy i'm saying yeah <laughs> you know what I mean. like start, stop rationalizing the, everything the little shit because that is fear hidden in your Agenda. intellect in a way yeah yeah Cause it's like we're smart, man. We're smart enough to say exactly. Oh no, nah, I got the flu. I better not. Yeah, That's you're like, smart enough to sugarcoat. Yeah. the fear. Yeah, exactly. What <laughs> yeah. Um, What are you into outside of surfing? Like, what do you get in like deep into?
1: Mate, I, in all honesty, right now I don't have a whole lot of time for anything else. Um, you know, with the other things I'm setting up, I've got. I just had a newborn about five weeks ago. I've got two two girls now, and uh, my my eldest, which is nearly three, she's a firecracker. So, yeah, right. Yeah, she she's full on man. I've got a you know Obviously, right now I'm focusing a lot on, on the family life, but I love spearing, um, spear fishing when I get a chance. You know, obviously, right into training and the whole breath thing. Um, you know, obviously. So I still surf every day. Yeah. Every day. Even if it's small, I love getting out there foiling. I've been getting into the fall
0: boarding. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Lo- Did you see John- loyal to the foil. Did you see uh, Joel Tudor's Instagram? Oh, yeah. like, if you're not John and someone get the fuck off these death machines or something <laughs> yeah. like that, dude, I've been hit with longboard fins. I don't want a fucking foil. Color no, that, those
1: things are going to be deadly. Like if I see people out, I'm over it. I won't like, there's some people that you'll see out the alley and stuff. And, you know they're cutting in between people and even oh. I think even if I was really good at it which I'm not like yeah. I can do it but I'm not really good I still wouldn't go near people just cuz those things will literally cut you up yeah it'll be bad if you see 20 guys at the alley don't go out if they're out <laughs> in foils you're over it what's your home break like where where's your go to spot well i live down just south of the border i yeah. bought some property down there and the Goldie got a bit too much, so uh, I'm close, but I'm not too close. So. Yeah, yeah, arms length. <laughs>
0: yeah. So where do you go out? Like, uh, your, I, well, I guess you've got a little bit of coastline. Yeah, there's so much kind of,
1: coastline down there that I kind of just check so, like, you know, like, along the Tweed Coast and yeah. wherever's good, kind of get away. But always, I mean, if the banks are good at, if the, if there's a swell running, I'll surf Kira or you yeah. know,
0: the points here. Uh, you got a crazy yeah. one that last swell. Um, or was it the swell before? Maybe the swell, swell before. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. the comp was the comp kind of killed the last
2: swell, right? Yeah, I was but, working at the comp, yeah, so oh, that's I was right. doing
1: the ski stuff there. Yeah, so I was kind of watching
0: a lot of good waves, which was. Does that piss you off a bit? I uh, it was all right. I've you've you know, got some before. I Yeah, guess. <laughs> but yeah, there was one I, I saw on video of the Kira. I guess yeah, it must have been the, the swell before. I think it was just fucking yeah. running, and you're just pulling in, pulling it, and yeah, I think from memory you had to like really race to get that first kind of barrel section anyway yeah
1: yeah we're pretty lucky i mean you don't realize how good the waves are and you're like why does it get so crowded here yeah but like if you live somewhere else in oz and you're like you're seeing three locations that have perfect long points yeah you kind of realize like it's pretty unique you know yeah. it's not like and you're, you're in board shorts you're in board shorts and then you walk across the road and you can get a good coffee yeah there's a good chance you're not going to get mopped by a great white yeah somewhere like somewhere else in remote oz yeah you know so yeah it makes sense why everyone wants to live here but it is getting pretty hectic it's yeah it's like yeah especially when yeah the older you get you're kind of like fuck i'm kind of over this crowd yeah like i won't surf there unless it's really Really good thing yeah and
0: then i guess the herd kind of thins out a little bit anyway yeah a little bit yeah it's still pretty hectic what um what made you get into the ufc stuff so much because you're pretty into it eh?
1: yeah yeah i know i like i like it um did you watch yesterday i missed it yeah i I didn't get to see it oh yeah it was pretty good
0: how did he i heard it was a lot closer than uh, oh like my take on it is um so that our Quinter dude's like a really good wrestler oh for sure and I wrestles think, bears and shit. No, that's Habib. Oh, uh, yeah, Habib. Yeah, 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 yeah. But exactly. he, the guy he was facing was also, like, a really good wrestler.
1: Oh, he's a black belt, isn't
0: he? Um, no, I just think he's an old school, like, he was a college, like, a really good college wrestler. We're talking about the uh, the um, Habib fight? Yeah, Habib yeah. versus Ally Quinta, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he's not, he's not like, a jujitsu dude or anything, but he's a... Um, well, he fought the Hawaiian, though, right? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, so you didn't know that. So... Um, they wouldn't let max fight be- why because he he had like 10 pounds to cut in a day and they were saying like so they didn't fight in the end no so he fought this dude ally quinta okay i'm like have you got it wrong like, nah, like did nah, you watch nah. the fight nah. <laughs> right. yeah so last minute yeah so they they just said it was it literally two. must have been last minute yeah, yeah yeah it was day like the day of the weigh-ins so like, he, he couldn't even get down to that nah. heavier weight no uh, so uh, yeah because he walks around at like 180 175 pounds so he had like thirty pounds to cut. So within that, because well, I remember, I remember
1: in the press conference, I was like, know, yeah, how are you going to cut this weight within six days?" And he's just like, he yeah, just I brushed it off, yeah, like yeah. it was nothing. I'm like, "How? Like he must weigh? He must walk around like yeah, super he's heavy. heavy.
0: Yeah, well he's a tall, he's yeah, a tall dude." So that happened, and then Ally Quinter, who was also on the card, but then it all just got shuffled around because they dropped three fights because of the whole Connor thing. And Jeez, um, he went
1: off his head, didn't
0: he? Like, that was weird. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, they, they got in this Al Iquinta uh, dude who's um, from Long Island. So he had like the whole New York crowd there. But he's a wrestler. So Habib's a wrestler. Oh, wow. And then the first two rounds, he just beat the piss out of him. Like just did what he always does, took him to the ground, beat the piss out of him.
1: Oh, so he did take a wrestler to the ground a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And he, he smoked him. And there was like in round one, he could have choked him. Round two, could've choked him, could have come him, like he could have stopped the fight. And he
1: was just dragging it out.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. But he said that. Like I was texting some buddies and they're like, Oh, this is gonna be over quick. And I was like, Now I'm pretty sure he'll stay in for five rounds just to beat the piss out of this dude.
1: Because he was saying that to Max too. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: like I'm ready for five rounds. Like yeah. he's he's <laughs> That's the thing with the Bib, like he's always had these injuries to where he's so in and out of the UFC through injury. And you just and then like the fights with Tony Ferguson get cancelled. So he's like, he's just never getting that ring Shots. time. And then people are dodging him. So like basically first two rounds, beat the piss out of him, could have finished it like easily. Well, man. Obvi- like, it was obvious. Obviously. Like if you had know anything about any ground yeah. work, he, like he had his next, back and, next there, yeah. he's laid flat. And like he, so he's laid flat, both hooks in and just punching the dude in the head. And he's like, they're talking, he's like talking to him, doing his normal Khabib shit. And then the third round, he shot for a couple like kind of weak singles. And then he just started boxing the dude. And like, so Al's trying to, but like Khabib didn't even have a scratch on him. So he's just playing that sort of defense. And like, it's funny whenever Rogan says anything on the broadcast, if you go onto like the comments of any UFC picture after the fight yeah they fucking copy like exactly the black everybody copies the exact point that he said and so joe was making a thing where he was like going back with his chin up he's like man you know that chin he's exposing his chin blah blah blah." but like like i was saying to my mates texting after the fight i was like if you don't feel like you're in danger then like what are you gonna defend you know what i mean like if you literally feel like this guy cannot do anything to you then yeah you Kind of what round? What, what round was that though? Like third. Yeah. So he probably, yeah, he so probably he would, wasn't
1: doing that the first two rounds. No, exactly. It so only takes one little tag on your chin and you're you're done. You know, especially with those gloves, it's like yeah, can, someone yeah. can get pretty lucky. Well, <laughs> but really. by the third, I mean he's probably feeding him out that he's yeah he he's wasn't just, there,
0: and the shots weren't even landing. Yeah. And like he was moving back, but then like you'd see, old oh, al just threw a couple bombs, but it was just all like overhand rights and yeah he's, he's just doing the shoulder roll yeah and um so then yeah three and four he just stood up and like that, that 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 ally Quinter dude like jabbed him like five times in the face and he just nodded at him the whole time oh wow so yeah he, he had nothing what's that no oh habib was just like jabbing him yeah yeah and um but, like it was just it was just like a weird dynamic and it was like then he sort of half shot for a couple but then just stayed standing and then the last round took him to the ground beat the piss out of him again tried for a couple half chokes but it was almost like he'd use a choke to set up more chokes no well, like, like punches more. to the face all oh, right so it was like getting you know getting an arm in and then posting on the arm and then just like wailing on it again. Yeah. yeah so it was just like that fight where every like everyone on instagram and twitter after that fight was like oh, tony and connor knocks in the fuck out in the first round I'm like, kind of, man. Like, did you not see what he did in the first two rounds to, so like, a way better wrestler yeah. than Connor or Tony? Like it's Like, he weird though. pretty much has wi- zero confidence in Connor on the ground. It's, zero. It's weird, though, that he didn't just end it because now people are like... That's exactly what I said. You know what I what mean? I like,
1: it, That's the negative. It's weird because he'd be like, well, he couldn't even finish. old oh, mate, you know, it went five rounds, you know, but obviously he probably meant to, to drag it out, but he probably should have just finished it that way. That, you know. Yeah,
0: because there was this real fear that come with Khabib that everyone had. Like every there was like there was this uh like a aura about him and the way that people spoke about him and then but he'd never given anyone a chance to like doubt that. And then he, he did, he just let the door open, but obviously he just doesn't give a fuck. Oh, it would have been sick to see Max i oh, know do you know have you met him through, i met him like, once yeah, yeah right yeah because yeah. he seems he, like a really nice. He,
1: i mean he's he was a nice guy like, yeah for sure the but whole that, that hawaiian the west side hawaiian thing yeah yeah he wouldn't back down from anything no fuck no like <laughs> you can see that you know yeah and that's why like back to the conversation earlier that i had you know it's it's a wild place you know you, on the north shore they've got some of the best fighters in the world that just go post up there and it's like the best waves are here but they're there to train for to be some of the best fighters in the world right around all these surfing locations and they're in people's like garages and stuff yeah like you roll up to to do a, a bit of dewy or something and like bj Penn's there and like all these guys from the ufc and you're kind of like geez it's kind of like a heavy vibe yeah yeah
0: is that what got you into because you said you the longest serving white belt ever is that history is that (laughs) is that um is that what got you into it like spending time on the north shore
1: uh yeah yeah i I mean i'd love like now that i've probably got a bit more time to to do a bit more you know dewy and stuff but yeah obviously all my mates do it and yeah you know it's it's, because it's massive in surfing way yeah which it, i guess it's just massive everywhere but it's massive everywhere but you know obviously you know i've had mates that have been doing it for for you know forever
0: yeah yeah how um how does that kind of fear relate to um the surfing stuff like were you pretty nervous when you'd first started like legitimately rolling or no like you, it was good like yeah you, no yeah, i wasn't nervous a yeah.
1: bit i was just like yeah if someone catches me out of like oh yeah, yeah just tap like yeah that'd be sick if i that, could do that sort of
0: yeah tap out i'm done yeah. that's a that's like a massive ego thing too though like because you'll see people that will just they can't they can't get oh, especially that, in that
1: you know. in that white belt realm yeah like, yeah guys are trying to kill you hang on for dear life yeah. too. i just
0: want to get out of a white
1: belt so i don't have to roll with any more white belts yeah
0: how <laughs> how um how long have you been doing it
1: oh uh, just on and off for like probably four years yeah right but i'm so inconsistent yeah yeah
0: you probably if you went and gave it a crack for you know six or eight months like you could probably i could you sure. could probably get your blue belt pretty easy with that definitely time. yeah i could have you had like one academy that you've kind of stuck to or it's just been whenever um, you've traveled
1: i like i like flow down at coolangatta yep. just because a lot of the brazilian guys surf yeah so i see them out in the water and uh, it was actually funny the first time i went in there um obviously there's a lot of brazilians that surf around cooling and yeah. you know you have to be pretty ruthless in the water and there was a couple that you know maybe i'd dropped in on or something like that yeah and the first day i walked in there they they were all like staring at me this motherfucker yeah and i think i'm like what have i got myself into here like yeah. <laughs> and i kind of got a bit rattled i'm like Fuck, you know have i had beef with any of these guys or yeah. have i had a running with them in the water but no they're, they're super nice and um it's just easy you know i've got friends yeah that that, you know obviously go there and it's a good vibe so i just
0: roll there oh when when i had hoy on the podcast he was talking about like we said something because last time i surfed um it was i think on that swell we were talking about where you got that good one at kira yeah um i was surfing like greeny and that and this just like full Aussie tradie dude was just like blowing, like go back to say Polo. and I'm just like <laughs> I'm like bro bro don't say that shit like you don't know like what that motherfucker puts around his waist like yeah. you have oh. no idea yeah and it's like it's you nice. say to you say to people like I'll talk to people like look you can watch people do jiu-jitsu and it looks like a fair fight yeah but they both know jiu yeah, exactly. It's like you take a person that doesn't know jujitsu and then you put him against a person that does know jujitsu, and it's like you're not watching the same thing anymore. No, like no. you're watching a, a boa constrictor around a fucking child. yes like that's the level, okay. and I don't think people and the UFC gives people a false sense of what jujitsu is. I think in a way because those dudes know jujitsu. Oh yeah, it's just like like everyone does. Like when yeah. like so when like um Brian Ortega choked out Frankie Edgar yes Frankie Edgar's a black belt yeah yeah and he and made he, him kind of look oh he didn't choke him out sorry um Cub Swanson is what I meant to say oh right yes but yeah you, yeah I makes know what him, you're saying yeah, it makes yeah. him look like so you're like oh fuck like but that guy knows that he's a black belt so yeah, imagine exactly. you get a dude that's a black belt in the water out there with you Wait, and which, you don't know and you're talking shit and you go into the beach like there's no chance no nah, it's got, over yeah you got to be very at least at least, at least if you know the
1: fundamentals of Dewey mm. and something obviously did happen you know if someone's about us at Dewey to get up and like at yeah. least posture up and, and try to get <laughs> your feet off yeah. but i feel just, like
0: yeah. i feel like if you got in a situation where you got in like a fight with a dude that knows jiu-jitsu and you kind of know jiu-jitsu i feel like it'd just turn into a match and if he caught you he'd just let you go <laughs> don't you reckon I, don't, I mean I yeah. guess it depends I, who knows I, I mean, guess it depends but I feel I, I think especially with like a Brazilian dude because they, they feel almost like, like respect you yeah, like oh yeah, both, I, that's yeah. What, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think like if he's like oh hip escape okay yeah. fair yeah. enough fair enough <laughs> and they'd be like maybe you just go like no 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 I'm done and he'd probably let you go or it. if he was real pissed and he was the black belt you'd just be waking up yeah oh shit okay.
1: yeah because you just wake yeah. up and you're like what oh, the fuck but that would be an easy way out I think I'd, for I'd, sure I'd like to get choked out and like if you went if someone called you out on the beach and then they just were crazy at stand up or muay thai they just kicked your leg out and just started punishing you i'd way prefer to get choked out by a black belt yeah
3: it's just a little bit of mercy <laughs> yeah but
0: yeah i always see like yeah you're right there's so many down in like cooley and that whole that whole stretch of that's beach, why I was mate. funny when i walked in there i'm like oh, oh shit, what have i done have like <laughs> oh um, that's super cool yeah it's yeah. um yeah you just don't don't want to fuck with Brazilian surfing. You just don't want to deal with. You just don't want to fight. In general. Not in general. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, have you trained on like the North Shore? So you've like trained in BJ Penn's gym and stuff like that. No, no, no.
1: I, I've just uh, I've yeah. You know, usually when I'm in Hawaii, I'm there to surf. You know. Yeah. I don't really care too much about you know going to Dewey. Like my, my focus is just the surf. And yeah, generally when I go, the waves are always good. You know, and because I'm not used to rolling all the time you know like a, i pull up sore yeah for a couple of days and i'm like oh was it really worth it i just missed out on really good ways because i rolled for too long or something like that so you know i i'd, I'd rolled at um sunset Jitsu a few times and yeah it's i kind of i'm more i'd be more inclined to want to you know roll when i'm at home because yeah when you got the bit of the time. yeah and the ways i'm not really worried if i miss a at
0: yeah. Snapper at two foot yeah exactly and <laughs> not stressing too hard yeah exactly how long um how long till the podcast is going on your end um
1: i've ordered the equipment so Ooh. yeah it was a big step yeah it was a massive step actually it's not that cheap either is it's it? not cheap no and i was like that fear thing again yeah like, true way eh? i wonder if it's shit what am i gonna do i'm gonna have all this equipment and so it was a pretty big step and um yeah i'm just gonna you know if it goes shit, maybe I might just have to offload some equipment. <laughs> yeah. No, you'll be right. Yeah. What, have you got like a name for it and shit? Uh, I've got, um, yeah, I've got a few up in the air, but nothing in concrete yet. I, I just want to, I want to try to get like five under my belt. Yeah. And just purely just roll. And then, you know, obviously get some good conversations going with some friends. Um, you know, like I'd love to do one with Mick now that he's actually retired. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe you know, do one with Kelly, just because you know I've got access to those guys, and yeah. you know, so just just try to get some of those out of the way and and see where it goes, and you know, hopefully I'm enjoying it and stuff, and you know, it's it's easy. I mean, yeah, realistically, you're just having a chat to a mate, yeah, and um and it's fun, you know. So that's um definitely not trying to break any records or like be the next Joe Rogan, but yeah, just Just something to do
0: you'll get like you'll definitely get um i guess what we were saying like you got to find the reason why and i definitely had that thing where i was like because it it is a weird situation and you're used to being on camera and like performing and in, in a different realm but i for me was like man i've been deleting my voice out of interviews for 10 years
1: have you have you um have you done a podcast that you thought was going to go well and it was just really hard like a person you don't have to obviously mention names no, but like, like my fear is like to to do a podcast with someone that i think is going to be really good yeah. and i have no connection and the podcast just turns to shit it just doesn't do, well know? i
0: think that it's just like and what we were kind of saying before is like i've kind of thought like oh should i try and know a lot about a person because like I think there's been times where, like, you've got a guest on and the your audience kind of expects you to ask certain things. Yes. Like, like so with me, I'll probably leave here and then a full Ryan Hipwood fan's going to go like, oh, you should have asked him about that time he wiped out here or yes. he got this crazy. And I'm like, well, fuck, I didn't really know about that. And it's like, I think that you can get into a a spot where i guess, it's just
2: questions
1: you yeah just, like, like i can
0: go either way where yeah. it's like am i trying to do i want to know about stuff that's like easily googleable yeah. and yeah it's or, or do we want to like you was you know there's been points in this where you're like i don't even know how i feel about that and it's like it's yeah like, exactly. oh, well then let's just talk about it you've yeah. got time so it's like i feel like when it's an interview and you've got those set questions then um it doesn't give you as much room to kind of deviate right well for me when
1: you listen to a podcast you want to hear stuff that you haven't heard Heard before before. yeah (laughs) you know what i mean you don't want to hear the same set questions you know and i feel like if you if i'm doing a podcast with someone i want to i want them to be into it so it's not the same stuff
0: they've been asked Asked a thousand times yeah Yeah. that's definitely the the thing that i guess you run with athletes but i guess like yeah i kind of run on the thinking of and especially at the start it was people i knew really well yeah. so i kind of knew the questions that'd be asked and and i think that if it's with athletes i've got a pretty good idea of what people get asked because i've been the dude doing the asking, the asking um but yeah so i guess like that's the only thing like i've never really had one that didn't go well or i was like oh that was awkward i couldn't get a connection but i think that um you've just got to realize people are different and, and it's and like adapt a bit to, yeah yeah so like well perfect example courtney atkinson off oh, that dude's a legend like he's an olympian yes. like red bull triathlete like the dudes G. He's been in these crazy places but there's a in there's an intensity with him like he's an intense guy he thinks intense he talks intense like, yes and then you've got to kind of like ramp your shit up <laughs> yeah and i i didn't i was like fuck courtney's bringing the heat you yeah. know but then with me and you <laughs> you're like sure. super laid back yeah so it's like you can almost you almost slow down so I think it's just i guess expectation breeds some kind of letdown it's like if you don't have an expectation you want you speed can't. shit up for you mate, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean so it's like but I yeah. didn't have an expectation yeah With, I know. so it's like you just get in you just fucking do it but I think I don't know there's pros and cons to to doing it that way of like not doing any research. Cause there's probably some, yeah, like some guy that knows your career. That's like, fuck, you didn't even ask me about the best thing ever. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't know. And then like, I don't know, maybe it's like, well, you didn't bring that up. Maybe that's not your best thing ever. So I think yeah. that I've just solely run on the, the uh, my agenda is have a conversation that I would just want to have without too much going too hard into it. Because I think that, like, you see it. I always relate it to, like, bands, right? Yeah. So you get, like, um, it's like a ground, like, tool. Groundbreaking. Yeah. They don't give a fuck. They're not trying to make a sound for anybody. They're just doing their own thing or, like, Rage Against the Machine. Yes. And then you get people that are like, oh, that was really popular. I want to make the Rage Against the Machine sound. And then you start playing to an audience. And then the problem is, like, when Matty Mac... Um, the problem is when there's like the, there's a really wide range of subjectivity there. People move on, trends change, people's change. So I think that yeah, any any time you start reading too far into like what the masses might think, then you're sort of playing catch up. Like yeah, you can exactly. never really be on trend if that makes sense. Yeah,
1: you're always chasing your tail yeah. a little bit.
0: So I think that's been my thing with this is like sometimes maybe I don't ask the right questions that I should have, but I'm just asking the questions and like take it all it almost <laughs> yeah. because it's it. And it, I don't know, like, I don't want it to sound douchey, but it's like, you you just can't please. Well, it's it's your, it's your podcast. That's so true. It's mine.
1: Y- you're going to be happy with it.
0: Yeah. And like, you can't, like, I'd get lost, man. Like I'd get lost in trying to please people and trying to, like, you just, I guess you just have to back yourself to be like, all right, this many people have listened to it this far that obviously there's people that like it and if people drop off along the way bummer like i'd love to have more the most people listening the yeah better. exactly but you've just i think for consistency sake and long term sake you just have to be doing the, the way that it comes natural to you to do it yeah and that's
1: yeah I, I i feel like if there's set questions it almost takes you down the wrong path a bit too
0: you know what it's like you know when you travel without really booking much shit yes and you end up having a fucking sick trip yeah and like then if you have the fully planned trip then i don't plan anything i'm the same i'm the worst
1: i mean if my wife wants me to plan something it just rattles me i just can't do it
0: i'm the exact like it stresses me out to book something in advance can't do it more than it does to rock up at an an airport day of with a ticket if my wife
1: says we're going camping in two weeks you don't want to go I just can't do it. Yeah, I'm it, it sad, rattle yeah. absolutely rattles me. I say, and people think it's yeah. ludicrous. Like, they're like, what do you mean? Well, we don't do anything. She's like, we can't plan
0: anything. I'm like, well, I just don't plan. That's not what I do. I'm so, I'm exactly the same. Like, I say to people, like, well, especially Ricky. I shouldn't say people. I say to Ricky, um, planning something gives me the same stress of you not planning something yeah for sure just because like a person like so with rick she'd be like all right we well, got to make a plan we got to get it. that same anxiety that she's feeling to like get it done is the same anxiety i'll get if it gets done <laughs> so i'm like just i don't know my hands are tied yeah do? I, I just yeah plan it but i can't guarantee it's gonna happen i'm the exact same like we got a wedding in october i want to go yeah but if someone like if Chris Hemsworth goes, "Hey, Jace, mate, we're gonna do a podcast this day, this time." Can't be. I'm like,
3: fuck. Oh I'm,
0: I'm probably going. <laughs> That's a bad example. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Like sometimes stuff comes up where you cannot say no to it. Like it could be, you know, life changing this, life changing that. This and it's so open ended. I I think, especially in our lifestyle, where it's just you're just one opportunity to the next.
1: Well, you're just so. I'm so used to not planning. You know, yeah. like, especially, you know, with swells and stuff, they just pop up. Yeah. You got a mate, oh, have you seen it? And you're, like, literally on edge just tracking this thing. And then you don't – I literally – I haven't made a full decision until about – The 11th hour. No, nah, not even that. Like, five hours. Yeah. I'll wait till the death. And then, like, I'm literally trying to pack everything within an hour to get to Brisbane to fly out. Yeah. And, like, sometimes – I don't even like fully know if I'm going to commit once I've already bought the ticket. Yeah. Like I might, I might pull out. Yeah. Like I feel like the hardest thing for me with, with swells or planning is like committing to actually go. Yeah. Once I'm there, it's just like, oh, it's 20 feet tomorrow. Who cares? I'm already here. Yeah. Well, that's, but actually a- to get to that point
0: is, is sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the same thing. And I, I just think like, especially in this space of, more so the film stuff than the podcast stuff, but in the film stuff, man, I'm just living one fucking shoot to the next. Yeah, and it's like you kind of don't ever have security in when you're. I guess when you work for yourself in any realm, like there's no security there. And I think that if you own like a window tinning business on the Gold Coast, then yeah, like you know where you're gonna go every day. But in like this realm of being a freelance filmmaker, like man, my mum. I just like text my mum one day. She asked me. She's like, oh, can you? can you log on and do this? Uh, it was like some banking or tax shit. And I was like, oh, I'm in Alaska. And I was like in the fucking North pole <laughs> in a helicopter. <laughs> she and, couldn't get her head around it. Yeah. And she's yeah. just like, she's like, oh, you didn't tell me you were going to Alaska. And I was like, well, that's because I just literally got asked the day that we flew out. People can't understand that. I'll go to
1: Tahiti for three days. to Just as well. Yeah. The yeah big time. And there's like a pretty high chance sometimes that when you get there, it's, Like for instance, I went to Nazare for the first time at the start of the year. Yeah. And obviously it's a long trip over there from here. I was tracking the swell. They were about to call the event on, which I was in. I wanted to get some experience before the event. I had never surfed over there. Never really even been to Europe before. And so... Really? Until this year? Well, I, I went to Ireland, but I hadn't been to like Portugal and France and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um... So I was speaking to a friend. I'm like, what do you think? You know, he obviously knew that the maps over there better than what I did. He's like, jump on a flight, it's on. I got to Dubai and he goes, I got a text straight. You know, when you turn your phone on or off airplane mode, like five text messages. Yeah, Have you left yet? Um, Maps have gone terrible. It's going to be fucking onshore and shit. Don't come. And I'm like, Looking at them at Dubai, flights about to leave in another hour. I'm like, I was literally about to like Surf get on Dubai. a flight to go back to Sydney, and there was no connecting to go back, so I just had to jump on the flight. End up going there, it was shit. But then the next swell was like 40 feet, and it was the biggest swell they've had all year. And really? I, I literally because I've been focusing on paddling, I didn't have any tow board. So that place, like guys are going there. So yeah, the biggest wave ever. And they're doing that on tow boards. On tow boards. And like I've obviously purely been focusing on paddling in and haven't really cared about trying to catch the biggest wave ever. So I was kind of like the forecast that was looking shit was actually quite good for the tow guys. Yeah, okay. So I got there that night, never been there, hired this little egg beater car (laughs) cars are going like 200 past me and i'm like shaking out the wheel just hadn't slept for like 24 hours S- got there that night saw my buddies from oz that were there that you know they've were, they were been chasing this wave for forever ross clark and that were there yeah went to sleep woke up that next morning at five they drove me down to the harbor in the dark hadn't seen the wave like literally haven't laid eyes on it i got out there they had a ski organized for me to jump on. They had a, I had a borrowed toe board that I hadn't even put my feet in. So like when you have straps on your toe board, you can like gauge to whether how tight they are. Yeah. If, if they're even the right stance. If you can even get in them. and like The guy might have a whole different stance you. I didn't even get a chance to put my feet in it. He's like, jump on. Everything was so rushed. These guys have been waiting like months over there for this swell. And I rock in, think I'm going to paddle. It's like like the biggest swell I've had all year. And I'm like, I haven't towed in for, I don't know, like two years, just been paddling. That's all, all I've been focusing on. Um, had no tow board, borrowed stuff, got out there. The light's just coming so up.
0: setting up to be a cracker.
1: Like literally just got out there. And my buddy was pretty comfortable out there on the ski. And he's like, fucking with me. Like, we're in the like right where the waves are about to break, and because they're it stands up for so long out of these huge canyons. That, like, from the ways I'm used to surfing, if you see a swell like that, it's breaking, it's gonna hit a ledge and it's gonna go from zero to a hundred and literally like go square. And you've and you're screwed if you're anywhere near it, like sitting there on a ski, and he's like toying with it, like knowing that I'm not used to it. I'm like, man, what are you doing? Like, Like if you screw up at Nazare on a ski that early in the morning and there's no other ski there, you're screwed. There's a cliff and like where we're sitting, if if our ski broke down or like if we flipped on the ski and something happened, you got no safety and no one's going to get you and you're on the cliff and you're dead like you're cactus. (laughs) Um, He's like, you want to go? I was like, not really. Like you go first. He's like, nah, oh, I'm going to wait a bit. Who are you with on the ski? Oh, um, so it was Ross Clark Jones and two guys from WA that you probably wouldn't have heard heard of. They're just some un- more underground guys that just charge. Yeah. Crazy. Um, and they're like, yeah, no. Nah. Ross and the other guy were like waiting for waves and I was like, yeah, I'll try it out. I said, take me down the beach where it's a little bit smaller. Like it's still like 30 feet. Yeah and um, and so he's whipped me in first wave I got whipped into just cartwheel like hit this chop that was the chops like in the wave are like six foot high so like moguls like um, yeah like, like downhill skin or whatever yeah exactly yeah. and so I've, I'm rid- riding this table I wanted to fill it out and I got whipped into a wave and just cartwheeled down the face and luckily it was so big it, it wasn't really breaking like it just yeah d- it
0: has those weird ones that kind of just rolls through away yeah
1: exactly so I was lucky that I fell early enough where I didn't suck me over the falls. And um, and then I kind of was over it. Like I'm like, I'm like risking you know, myself to, it wasn't worth it. And I sat back and I'm like, all right, you're up. First wave I whip him into. And like, if someone goes down at this spot, it's heavy if they get sucked in. Like if they fall, if you fall off in general out there, it's gnarly. If they get fall off and they get pushed on the inside, mm. you literally, it's, that's the sketchiest thing that you can literally do at Nazareth is to go in to grab him, because there's whitewash. You can't get uh, the, the ski cavitates. It doesn't, yeah, it just goes. Yeah, yeah, and that's why you see
0: skis getting blasted up the beach there all the time. Yeah, right. First wave. it's like there's so much turbulence. They're not actually pushing against water. It's just no, like it's a just mix air. of air and spray, yeah. Exactly.
1: So first wave, I've never like been there for an hour. I whip him in to the biggest wave he's ever had. He's like, I'm looking at I'm like, you want it? He's like, yeah, yeah. Whipped him in so. too deep. He eats shit. He's oh. down. Like everyone, like in the channel, is like, he's down. He's down. I'm like, first thing I can think of is like, are you fucking serious? Like, this is the last thing I want to be doing. Like, I've been here for an hour, haven't slept, and he's gone down first wave, the biggest wave he's ever had, and I have to go in to grab him. And mate, it was it was gnarly. Like, literally had to beach the ski and like just yeah it was it was gnarly the the first like two hours of being there it was just you're just like fuck i'm over it let's go jesus it was gnarly you wanted some two foot snapper didn't you two felt two foot snapper felt pretty good at that (laughs) stage (laughs) it's so but back to your back to your point yeah it's um planning for me is pretty pretty abnormal
0: yeah i just find it i find it hard to commit and i i wonder too if i'm like might just go for the best thing but you sort of have to you know what i mean like you some if you make a plan and get locked into something there's always something bit potential there's always a bigger fish in a way so it's like you've
1: well, well you got to go to see that bigger fish yeah like if, if you don't commit to it yeah but i know what you mean like committing too far advanced yeah, kind you of could just
0: blow something that's yeah. life-changing yeah. and it's like it's hard and i've I've got in a place where I've let so many people down based on like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And then something happens that I can't avoid. And it's like, whether it's financially or career-wise, like you've got to take it. Oh, for sure. And a lot of people don't. It's hard for people to like wrap their head around that, you know, like, why would you, you said you'd do it. It's like, fuck, man. Like when when you've just scraping by or you've been pushing so hard and this is an opportunity you've been waiting for. And I guess it'd be similar with swells. Then it's like, sorry, like that's where the pro. Like, I guess, like you said, you have to be selfish in a lot of ways to make shit happen. Well, yeah, especially in your line of work,
1: and you know what I do as well. It's just you're expected to be there. Like, and if
0: you're not, there's another dude that will take your job. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, if Red Bull, you know, calls up and like that Alaska thing, and they're like, "Jace, you got to go to Alaska right now. We've we've decided we're gonna film it." 'Cause that like they've been doing this event forever. Yeah. It's called Arctic Man up in um, Oh I've heard of that. Yeah, it's Levi Valley. What, what's and, it all about? Oh, it's the gnarliest shit ever. It's like so underrated. They never filmed it. And um, basically you've got you go to the top, right? You've got a downhill skier. There's these two peaks and it's called the Tit. And it's like in it's like six hours north of Anchorage, man, like full North Pole. Wow. And you go up there and there's the skier starts on the top of the tit. And um then they go down, they do like a crazy downhill ski run and then the um the guy on the snowmobile it goes flat through this canyon, right? Yeah, so the right. guy on the snowmobile like they time there's a fucking wakeboard rope behind the what? behind the thing, the driver of the skis uh holding it. He's going through, hands it off to the skier, skier grabs it, goes back, eighteen miles an hour man, whips him up through this canyon. And then they go out onto the flats, pin it on the flats, and then there's another downhill section. The ski dude, like they pull on the ski, like you know when you wakeboard like or something. Sounds like the best thing ever. Is it's it, gnarly, and they've dude. never documented it properly. Never really, eh? So they're like, and it was just like this really underground event. Like it's just full bogan's, dude. Like Alaska. So it's like the,
1: it's like the Australian um, tinny racing, yeah, yeah, version <laughs> big time, dude. But <laughs> yeah. like
0: twenty thousand people rock up to this thing and um yeah so then anyway the guy lets go the the um the ski and then just sends it they got this huge jump like the videos on Red Bull I don't have uh, to check this out yeah it's fucking wild man so it's like 85 miles an hour like the ice that's hitting him off the back of the ski and oh, from um, the tracks of the yeah from the yeah, ski yeah. and he's just getting pumped dude and uh, so it's Darren oh, wow. Ralphs he was olympic um uh, skier for Red Bull yeah. so yeah they teamed up and he's won it a couple times then they have like the problem is that the skis aren't really meant to go that fast so everyone's trying to get like the maximum speed out of these skis yes so a lot of people just blow their shit up and um so yeah something happened this year like that it's crazy because like the snow was or not this year the year i did it um the snow was like wet the day before when we were testing right and then it dried out overnight so it's like rocks yeah so they well they run this gearing and it the tracks worked better with this gearing in the wet snow and then as soon as it dried out they needed to go back to their old setup right so anyway they ended up getting fourth or fifth or something but it's just like this crazy event and like red bull calls up the day like the day before did you know anything about it before never even heard of it man yeah never been to alaska I,
1: I, i've heard of it but i never had well, I put off it, like 30 years
0: wow yeah but that's like that you talk about that opportunity thing is they they go like um hey i need like we just decided we're going to film this um do you want to be the dude that does it and it was like well, it wasn't even for very much money and i was just but you know the producers that are behind it and you know how the whole kind of ecosystem works yeah and i was like fucking ding I and loved, then like I eight your... hours later i'm on a plane to alaska and dude i had not like i went to burton down the road in hollywood like i was living in, in beverly hill uh hollywood beverly hills at the time yeah and um i went down on sunset boulevard to burton and um and bought Stocked like up. thermals and shit <laughs> i was like man i had no, na- i couldn't find my boots so i was wearing like nike tennis shoes and it was like negative 30 oh, or God, something That seems would be wet oh it was the first two hours it was so bad um but yeah like that thing you know, i if i had something else planned i would have just like fucking x that and you have to go so it's like you just it pays to stay as loose as you can and if i didn't go then oh yeah, I'm sure any other kid with a camera would have got it and and it was a dope experience like the to be in Alaska and be in those mountains and like I'm I'll be honest I was one of the most scared I've ever been in my life like I've grown up oh, racing. really oh fuck bro like the mountain ranges the just mountains like, were so cliff. oh yeah and so I'm on a snowmobile like this is this is like the thing right like people don't you know there's always the things people don't get about what you have to do. When you're like, oh, I go do this. And oh, you're yeah. like, oh, sick. That yeah, must yeah. be right. So the, with me, like they I fly to Alaska, barely have enough clothes. And then they go, all oh, right, that's your snowmobile. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, well, you got to get around. Like I was the only filmer. So it's like, oh wow, yeah. So it was just like, yeah, it was full bare bones. They just wanted to document it. Because yep. like no one at Red Bull had even seen really this event apart from some photos. And, it's pretty um, cool how they support that stuff, oh. Hey? Dude, like, they had like the full Red Bull tent there. And like, they, they definitely put a bit into it.
1: It's smart. Like, there's so many things that people do.
0: Like, just... Off the wall awful. crazy yeah. shit. But yeah, so I get on this snowmobile. And it's like, I'm lucky I've rode bikes my whole life. Yeah. Because I get on this thing. I've got like $60,000 worth of cameras strapped to me. My tripod... I got no food, no water, no nothing. And this thing's like miles, dude. And you had a cliff this. like this, like oh.
1: just put the handbrake on. Like. And
0: the, the sled was a piece of shit. Like I went out there the first time and there's like thousands and thousands and thousands of people out there. So the just. tracks are just getting like chewed out man so it's like just whoops out. it was like the fink like desert race in australia yeah right raw 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 the whole time i got all this shit like trying to drive. i crashed the ski like a, a like three or four times i'd be
1: freaked out that like how do you just park it like because you'd be filming like well yeah, you, peaks just got, and yeah, stuff, yeah you just gotta right? got or did you us. have
0: to hike hike up i did a, a fair bit of hiking as well yeah. but like man some of the shit and you know what it's like when you're in the snow you get no perspective of how steep something is i'm yeah. just like looking at these ice walls dude like they look 20 stories high and you're just going like and just the ski's go, a piece of shit you're about to go see
1: this ski into about a thousand people at the bottom of the hill
0: dude i had a couple of times so they ended up renting me like a better ski with more horsepower because yeah. this thing just couldn't get up these hills i had one dude i went up and got halfway up it and then turned and like you're oh, on God. an angle like that and because i was like it was either battle and fuck the ski what's the deal with it like how do you slow them down and stuff i don't know i think i don't even i think they got brakes on the back i wouldn't have a trying, i've never even been on one I'm trying to remember now to be honest it was like they must a, have a brake on the yeah, tracks to stop it yeah right? yeah it's just all it's actually yeah it's on the tracks but um yeah like at the top of the where we were filming um or basing for the most part was pretty flat like you get to the top of the big hills like so you can't park it yeah But yeah just to get there was just like these ridiculous hills man and the first time going out there i was just like what the fuck am i doing what am I, what and am i, I was so cold as well so you like you add in all those like external factors but yeah the first time i try to get up this one main hill to get out there i just the thing didn't have enough power to get up it so i've just turned there on this angle and I'm <laughs> angling, like i'm at the top and it's like drifting down oh, i'm like woot, 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 trying to like get it to turn back down but then i ended up saying to one of the guys that was with me he's like a really little dude and he didn't have any equipment or anything and he was yeah. on like a 700 horsepower fucking well, 700 up. cc thing and um and i was just like give me that it was just what just yeah. pin it up there but like there was one shot we went up through this canyon and i was like oh I'll get this cool shot of you come through here so i rode up to this peak and uh one of the guys was like oh damn man that's like brave going up there and i was like why he's like oh that they dude died in an avalanche there a couple of years ago Oh wow! And I'm like, well, fucking thanks. Like, <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, I just thought you knew what you were doing. And I was like, I got no idea, man. I didn't yeah. see snow till I was 20, 24 years old. Letting no been in Alaska on a yeah ridge line or something. Yeah, it was just sketchy, and then like I almost fell out of a helicopter, and like it was just full wow. on, like I had a, a
1: full on trip. I had a crazy experience. I um I go over to New Zealand a little bit. Well, i not a lot, but I've been probably three times now, and uh, I've got a buddy that does the uh heli tours oh really yeah and um he's like you're gonna come over it's amazing you know obviously new zealand's pretty close you can get direct flights you know straight there straight from tweed straight from tweed (laughs) and uh yeah so i went over and i'm not an amazing snowboarder like i can do it but i wouldn't say like i'm that great yeah and so i jump in with him his wife and they're skiers and they're really good they're oh, from, so you're
0: heli tour snowboarding in yeah, New Zealand. Yeah, in New Zealand. Yeah,
1: right. And I didn't realize how good it was. But, you know, he's his wife was a really good skier. or still is. Um, and he's a good skier. They're, they're from Canada. He he travels the whole world just doing heli Winter, tour. winter, winter. Yeah. And so he's like, I've told him that I can snowboard, but I'm not great. And,
0: and he's just got this expectation because of your surfing that you probably just send it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like the first, first day we're there, you know, he's taken me up onto these, you know, cliffs and you know, all this, we've got avalanche packs on and all this shit. Yeah. And, um, I'm like, man, I, I don't think you realize like, I'm not that good. Can we start <laughs> off on something pretty easy? Yeah. And, uh, he's like, no, you're right. You're good. And, um, is like, you know, obviously like pretty tight, you know, runs and, and pretty sort of challenging stuff. And I was like, I'd like something, you know, pretty wide open. Mm. And um man, the first thing that he he dropped us off on, I was just like, Wow, this is hectic. You know, I nearly killed myself. I caught an edge going through like a really tight is that a crevasse they call it or something? Um or something. Like that, a little canyony sort of yeah, like, like a, a canyon like two ridges. A ridge, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Like two ridge lines. Caught an edge and just started cartwheeling. <laughs> Fuck that. And um and he he actually seen it because he was behind me. He let me go first, and um, he's like throwing you in the deep end, eh, bro. <laughs> you know how they talk, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I was like, you fucking prick. Um, but yeah, and and I went over. I've been over twice since, and it's like my little getaway. Love yeah. it. Yeah. But he's, it's you can easily, you know, get, get yourself. Out. You can get caught out. And yep. like he's he's even taken us to runs that he hasn't done or just heard of or his friends have marked out mm. and like i'm like i'm way in over my head but it was cool because like i've seen people do that in surf where i'm looking at him just going you shouldn't be out here you bro. shouldn't be out here yeah. <laughs> he's like he's giving me the look before like yeah.
0: nah like yeah let's see and everything can... looks pretty safe in the snow there it's... was a
1: few things that i was like yeah what are you doing like, yeah. and it, i could tell he was freaked out that i was there and i'm like this is sketchy
3: yeah I, but he
1: he was like no no he, it's sweet like but i could see in his eyes that
0: he was freaking yeah i yeah. i definitely like because we grew up in can so like put me in the outback with no nothing like just give me some water and i'll i feel pretty yeah, confident. camel i feel pretty confident i'm coming home yeah but if you if you left me on that fucking hill in alaska go on who knows if i yeah. came home like it's It's just, I guess, what you're used to as well. But, like, I feel super uncomfortable when I'm in, like, backcountry snowboarding sort of situation. I I guess
1: it wouldn't take that long, right? If you didn't have the right stuff. That's the
0: thing. It's
1: a race against the clock, really.
0: And it's do's and don'ts, man. Like, if you... like Like, I know do's and don'ts. It's, say, in, like, an outback situation where I can you know where you can walk where you can drink where what fish you can eat what yeah. fish you can't eat what like there's just that kind of checklist but you're growing up with that exactly and you,
1: you, you don't even know well
0: you, that's don't just know second, you don't know that's just second nature but yeah you throw yourself in a whole different element and they're just like well you just don't know the kind of stuff that can catch you out and like they're looking at ridge lines going like avalanche avalanche no that's yeah crazy. exactly And they look to us they look the exact and same like
1: him. he's saying like don't cut you're gonna to have to bomb this line because yeah if you cut the, if you the suck. pack will go yeah. yeah and he's like no you straight down and then you can start turning
0: i'm like fuck that <sighs> are you serious i don't need that <laughs> but, but I, I sometimes relate what you guys do in your big wave realm to um being like backcountry skiing it's like a lot of first oh, yeah. descents are going down. You know what I mean? It's that sure. it's unforgiving. There's no, um, like you think about, like pipe's heavy as fuck, obviously. Like we know yeah. that's not like a joke wave. But a pipe is like the half pipe at the ski resort. Yeah, exactly. The ski resort's right there. The medics are right there you know what i mean like yes. you can kind of get back to the you can get back to the resort in a way yes obviously it's fucking dangerous to send it in the half pipe but you're closer but when you go out to like the right and cow bummy and you know right. like those kind right. of you know air, you're off cliffs so it's like what you guys do to me is almost like leave the ski resort and go way out and especially try and survive in a way especially in oz too you know like
1: a lot of these spots are in the middle of nowhere. The right is literally in the middle
0: of nowhere. Is that like people know where that is or is that still kind of under wraps? It's still pretty under wraps. Yeah. Yeah. How many dudes do you reckon have surfed it? Oh,
1: look, probably 28 or 30. I don't know. That That, few people. Yeah. Oh, there's not a whole lot of people that want to surf it. Yeah. Or they surf it once and they don't go back. Yeah. I mean, I don't like surfing it that much. You know, I've, I've surfed it a lot. I'm happy with what I've done out there. I don't really have anything else to prove. Um, and it's not really a huge focus getting whipped into, you know, waves like that. You know, I'm really keen to push the boundaries of, of paddling in. And I feel like, you know, that's where the future of, you know, big wave surfing is. Obviously, they've gone in separate ways. You know, the toe mm. surfing things, how big is the wave, you know, the biggest wave you can get. The slab things, you know, obviously the biggest barrel. They've all got their place, but I'm pretty happy with, you know, paddling jaws and, and, you know, doing that sort of stuff. Um, The consequences, like slab surfing, are way up there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, especially, you know, places like the right and stuff. And you're not dealing just with the drowning thing. You're dealing with impact.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, like when you fall off there, it's like, you know, the volume of water that's focused on that small part of the reef is just magnified. Yeah. So yeah the, the margin for errors is you know pretty pretty high but you can go out and surf and not even fall off at the right yeah yeah but then you can go out and every wave you
0: just get getting done. a two-wave hold down yeah <laughs> yeah but, that's fucking heavy but yeah I, I definitely relate what you guys do back to more of that whole back country, and there seems to be more of like a you know like that core element of- I,
1: I felt it when i went i know you know, there's a whole earn your turns sort of stuff. Yeah, big time, dude. Um, but even when I was doing the heli stuff in New Zealand, like I, it felt exactly the same. Like the elements, like obviously I was in way of my head and like a lot of guys would look at that, that are really good skiers and go, that was nothing. Piece of piece, yeah. But for me, like it was, it had that same relevance as, as surfing big waves and, and being, you know, nowhere near any sort of safety and, yeah, you know, and, and that, like I loved it yeah you feel well, it's exposed, like it's eh? such a, a crazy fun feeling you know i think um, it was fun to be a kook
0: and just yeah i
1: think everything was
0: like be a pretty wiper. wild <laughs> yeah i think like it's you you see guys like look at shane dorian with like his hunting and then you know you see like mark healy with his free diving it's like i feel like the older generation of you like your big wave guys
3: there you, is you you're, find you're trying to find yeah.
0: that it, it does become from the outside like a soulful mission. It's like you exposing yourself against, it's, real, it's raw, it doesn't seem like you can't fabricate it, there's no bells and whistles, there's no, it sort of just seems like you really isolated against something that's really hard.
1: Well, it's, it's one of those experiences. Once you've felt um, that exposure to elements like that, and once you, once you've had that feeling of being so close to nature and and things that can potentially harm you, you are kind of looking for that. You know, obviously, the surfing side sort of thing does give that to you, but you find it again when you pick up stuff yeah. like you know the backcountry skiing or the hunting or the f- free diving or the spearfishing. You know what I mean? That. I love spearfishing when I do it because it kind of relates a lot to yeah. surfing big waves, and the the snowboarding stuff is fun too. And I feel like um, it just rejuvenizes
0: rejuvenizes that feeling that you you got when surfing was fresh. Yeah, and what like what does that then carry back into your normal life? Happiness. <laughs> yeah, and it's but it's like. Um, you know, when people get like really frazzled in their life and they get like it, I guess, caught up and like, I'm oh, fucking so busy. I don't have time to, you know, what I mean? like, yeah. is there like a calming element of exposing yourself in that way and feeling that vulnerability and like that really, like, I always talk about a time when I went to Scotland. I went there for the first time and I stood at the bottom of this mountain and it was, it seems fucking kooky. But I just stood there and there was these goats that looked like they were three trillion years old. Yeah. And there were these like woolly um, these like woolly buffalo with like these huge horns. And like I didn't have any visual of anything man-made. Yes. And everything was behind me that was man-made. And I just saw this landscape that was so big and so old. And it was freezing cold and it was stormy. And it like it gave me this real picture of like insignificance. Yeah. And I think like... I think in a way that i kind of think about when when i've done that same in alaska i had that insignificance of like nature doesn't give a fuck like the world doesn't care no one cares you're like i guess people care but the world as a whole will smash you and move on without even blinking an eyelid and then it's almost like when you take that back into your normal life it's like a calming thing well nothing
1: yeah nothing phases you Phases you as much, yeah. Because you're like, I felt really insignificant then. Yeah. <laughs> like, who cares if like you got a bill to pay? Yeah. Or it's overdue two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Your <laughs> you Netflix know, is cut off. Yeah. Like it's you know it, it puts everything in perspective. Yeah. I'm um. Yeah, I, I feel like you do get caught up with chasing stuff that takes you away from that though. Yeah. That's what is kind of frustrating a little bit for me like I'd love to focus more on stuff that gives me that yeah but obviously it's not super sustainable it's not super sustainable like you're not you have to be a pretty good hunter to get paid to hunt and yeah. like and then that takes maybe some of the elements away from it if you're getting paid to hunt yeah, because you're like true. expecting this and this yeah so it's like if yeah for me like I'd love to have that feeling with other stuff I'd love to be able to dive more I'd, I'd love to be able to go snowboard more but Um, the reason why I'd like to do that more is because I know what those feelings give me. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's, I feel like you you sometimes, you chase the wrong things in life and you get caught up in chasing those things where if you bring it back and you focus on chasing things that give you those right feelings, then that's, uh, I think that's when you're on the right track. So
0: yeah. And then I think using those feelings that you get as a positive on the rest of the stuff so it's like coming away from a trip and harnessing that feeling and then applying that into life because i think yeah i i definitely can get like fully snapped in that zone of like when you're in you know alaska or scotland or these crazy places or you um like I, i probably don't do enough stuff where i dig have to dig super deep like i've been trying to get a bit of that in training and and want like maybe competitions and stuff like in the future yeah because it's it is good to be in that deep water and then come out of it and then you can apply that but yeah I, th- I think that's i guess maybe the the key to it all is like i think you nailed it too when you said that if if that becomes a job it takes away from that because i mean i yeah. i stopped racing motocross when i started filming it for a living yeah right so yeah. i was like well i'm over it yes you know you need these <laughs> I needed that other thing and I had this lifelong passion for racing and then I just was like, no, nah, I'm done. But it's funny, now I can kind of appreciate a day out with my mates and I, you turn off that competitive side of I it. I guess
1: that's what I was trying to say before yeah. with the big wave thing, you know, like will there be a time where I just like go, that's it, you know, like I don't want to surf big waves anymore. I'd be more happy just to, yeah to go on an indoor trip with my friends and score perfect waves, Yeah, you know, um because you do have to be in that state you know like for you when you stop racing moto you're probably like well i'm not just going to go out
0: and try to beat the 14 year old down the local track well it's like when you know what you were capable not (laughs) that i was ever very good but i could ride at a level that when i stopped doing it like focusing on it a lot i couldn't keep up that level anymore
1: and then it's not interesting. And then anymore. it's not fun, or you yes. don't
0: get that feeling. Yeah. yeah.
1: You don't want to be like a shit version of yourself that you were. And you were living in the past. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what I was trying to get at before. Yeah. I get it. You know? Yeah. It, um, I feel like to do something like that, you, I, for me, I'd want to be able to at least sustain my level that I'm at now, or at least better myself. Yeah. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Because I think that's why I ride mountain bikes a lot because when i grew up i raced mountain bikes before i ever raced motocross and we were the kids that lived on bmx bikes yes we didn't have playstations and stuff like that like we were the bmx rats that made jumps in every park and every like ride them everywhere and then i got all i wanted to do was race motocross got into that then stopped when i started filming and now i love riding mountain bikes so much because i can do it at 70 percent and keep up with everyone and i can like i'm competitive but without risking it the way that you have to risk it to yeah be on a motocross bike like yeah, it makes to, sense to go to have fun on a motocross bike i've got to be pretty uncomfortable and like my fitness isn't as good i'm yeah I'm getting sideways i'm scaring myself i don't want to do those jumps anymore so then yeah you're like this isn't fun now because i have to try so much harder than i ever did and now ever. i'm sketchy when i am doing the shit that used to be super easy, easy yeah yeah <laughs> so that's why i like mountain biking because i'm like oh, i can just cruise at 70 percent, and it feels as good as 100 percent yeah like exactly. if i'm going 100 percent on a mountain bike i'm like what are you doing dude like yeah. just relax <laughs> so yeah. yeah i can't yeah i get what i get where you're going with that one yeah. yeah
1: yeah it's just it's hard to know until you're in that space or you know
0: and people yeah. change too they do that's the thing where yeah, like the stuff that is interesting or fulfilling at one point in your life just doesn't give you the same thing. Well, and I think it's back to that point. Yeah. That you're getting that feeling because you
1: were sending it so much or yeah. you're at such a high level. And then when, you, you, when you're not at that level anymore and you're not pushing it, it doesn't give you that feeling anymore because you're not there. Yeah. You know, yeah, like. I haven't, thought
0: of, I haven't thought about it that way as much. Yeah. I've, yeah. And I've, I
1: feel like that's why you know people try to chase other things yeah. that give them that feeling of being fresh again like hunting or spearing or something or snowboarding
0: well i guess like yeah like you said it 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 is good to be a white belt oh yeah a lot of times because i think that's probably well i guess too because there's like so much growth in that phase yeah you yeah, know what i
1: mean you have to learn yeah yeah and a lot of ta- a lot of times you got to learn quick
0: yeah because
1: you've thrown yourself in the deep and you got that mentality of pushing yourself in that same sort of arena and then you think you can just go do that somewhere else it's kind of like you got to learn pretty quick and that's exciting
0: yeah and then i guess too is like the better you get at surfing or whatever then the harder you have to push to get that same white belt feeling oh for sure and then that's when you like you said you start getting into that sketchy territory yeah exactly yeah even now yeah
1: like yeah big like for, for me like i have fun surfing waves around here but i it doesn't do much for me
0: yeah that's what i was gonna actually yeah. say like how fun is it to go and surf like head high waves it must feel pretty it's it's fun but that must be all like because i i like i picture but
1: it's not amazing yeah it's and i not. picture
0: me duck diving a wave next to you and seeing the thing that's broken in front of us like let's say like a big day at snapper and I'm probably fucking packing and you're just like not one bit there's no. not a, you're not even looking at it like a thing no cuz i remember like that again that white belt stage of when i was first surfing to that everything looked like it was going to blow my hands off the board and hold me down for longer than i wanted and then gradually you go but like so you have taken that to this level of the like the
1: scary part is though is that when you are at that level and then like i was saying earlier with the younger generation pushing it to the next level it gets pushed to a level like when i was at nazare that you aren't happy to continue with yeah like there was a couple of days where i was like i'm over it i'm not i'm not into this yeah and that's hard to to kind of come to to swallow yeah but i was for the first time in my whole career i was actually really comfortable okay with it i was okay with it i was like no, like I don't need to do this.
0: Yeah, that's so, almost got to be a relief in itself. It was,
1: it was the best feeling that I've had in a long time. Like I left the airport and instead of being in regret, I was happy with it. Just Obviously, there was a few things in my mind saying, oh, maybe I should have, like what am mm. I doing? But like in my heart, I knew that I made the right decision. Like I, I was happy with walking away and, and not pushing it. Whereas like when I was younger, it would have eaten me. Mm-hmm. Like it would have just been like pussy, like, you know, what the hell are you doing sort of yep. thing, you know, like, but it's pretty fun. It's, it's a good feeling being in that state where you're, you're comfortable enough to, to know. Well, you you're know, driving
0: you're, the ship at yeah, that point. Yeah. Which, yeah, I guess that when you're going against your best judgment, you're really not the one that's in control.
1: Yeah. And it's uncomfortable. You're yeah. always on edge. Yeah.
0: So I guess yeah, it did it, it? would have felt good to be like, oh, I'm I'm the captain now. I'm I'm fucking doing this thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it's also like a feeling that you you. There's other feelings that come with it too. Like it's a bit of a changing of the guard. Like yeah. you see the bigger picture. You see this younger generation coming like like that, and like you're almost happy that they're it's like they're taking they're, the pressure off you. Yeah, like they're holding the flag to go like yeah. next level and. And so you kind of, kind of get used to that feeling, but you, I feel like you generally enjoy yourself a bit more.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, mate, we'll shut it down. It's been fucking rad talking to you. Um, it has. Let, I've loved it. Get Give everyone your social details and your whole thing and, and maybe that breath stuff you've been working on, just whatever shout outs you can throw out, throw them out there.
1: Yeah. I mean, just for now, I just do that stuff to stay sharp so I don't drown. Yeah yeah we've got classes um every tuesday afternoon at palm beach Yep, and it's yeah it's
0: how would how do people
1: find that um i've got an instagram um yep. breath performance just go on that and send us a hit i've got my number on there just give us a text if you want to join in it's that simple
0: sounds good and uh everybody keep an ear out i'll post your podcast when it goes up we'll um let well, everyone know. We'll have that, to have another chat. Yeah. Continue it. Yeah, I'll come on yours. We'll, <laughs> yeah, bloody, we'll keep going. Right, No, I appreciate it. I hope you had fun. It's been yeah, it. good talking to you, dude. Epic. Sounds yeah, good, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no dramas. <laughs> thanks <laughs> for having me, mate. <laughs> <laughs>